Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie. Welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. It is Thursday, April 25th. 2019. I am your host, Scott Fullerton, and I am running for President of the United States. No, I'm kidding. But we'll get to that in a bit. Everyone else and their brother is. Uh, along for the ride, as usual, literally this time, is my erstwhile co-host, the magnificent actor and writer, Mr. Craig Hurley. Give us a call in the next hour to talk about whatever's on your mind as we discuss the news, politics, and pop culture of the day. The number to call is 347-989-0126. Phone lines are open and we're waiting for your calls. Mr. Craig Hurley, how's everything on the road today? Hola, senor. Hola, are you in New Mexico? <laughs> no, no, I should be. Dude, my my agents are emailing me and trying to get through to my phone. My phone is just a complete disaster. Um, I literally... I, I, I need a new phone because I, 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 between you and Katie and uh, other people messaging me all day long, um, I, I have, like, no data on them. Like, it's supposed to hold, like, 16 gigs or some stupid number. What? Dude, it's completely full. I, 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 You're I watching porn I, again. You're watching no, porn again. Don't absolutely no, no. I am watching a lot of videos. So. <laughs> I am watching a lot of videos. Still, still kind of stuck on Star Wars Born. Maybe That's what does it. Like the old every video is die. two gigs of every video is two Maybe gigs it's a day. Maybe time to let the old ways die. Well, I'm not downloading this. What? I'm just if watching them. If you're it's not like I'm. No, I'm if you stream them, I'm telling. Even if you stream them, it's two gigabytes. Every time you stream a Seriously? movie. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my God. That's what's well, killing I your data. All of my data. I need a new. I, I, I need a new phone anyway. This thing's outdated. There you go. So. Um, what what's else going, going on? on? Are we back on the road besides again? Besides the fact that, besides the fact that I am 100. Oh no, that's what I was saying. My agents are calling me right now. They're like, "You're in Los Angeles, right?" And I'm like, I, I'm, "No, I'm not. Not yet. <laughs> I'm. I'm almost there." Um, but no, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you, you got to get there now because you have a call back." And I'm just like, I, Dude, I, I'm not even there yet. So, you know, it's cool. It's cool as hell. That's a positive um, thing. I like that, though. You're in yeah. demand, as they say. Yeah, no, it's fun. You're in it's demand. Fun. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, that's, that's the way it should be. Um, speaking exactly. of uh, any, any, any weather channels, 
out there, any any of you, any of you that have a lousy weatherman, because I know uh, at least oh, 100% of you have lousy weathermen and women. So, um, I, look, I'm 100% right over the past. How many shows do we have? How many shows? Uh, we got 65 under our belt now, right? I think Almost so, yeah. Almost as many shows about that number. as we do national security, uh, I mean, uh, national emergency days. We have, uh, we have, no, we have more shows than we do national, national emergency days, right? <laughs> Pretty damn right? close. I think so. I, no, I think we have like 65 shows or something like that. Um, How can every so, white man in the world get it wrong, though? I don't understand that. Don't they look at the same data? How does everybody Yeah, no, everybody interprets the data incorrectly at this point. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I tend to think that it's, it's worse than, it, than they're predicting. So that, that's where I go along those lines. You know, and maybe it's my sixth sense of humor. Maybe it's the dark side of me. But I'm always like, yeah, no, this, this storm's going to mess some people's lives up. So, you know, I, that's the way I look at it. So maybe it's just that I'm more realistic and they're just looking at computer graphs, which in the past have sometimes been correct. So they've been able to give them the correct information, but most of the time, no. And, and, and currently we've got such a, like I said this before, and I'm 100% now, dude. I'm not like this 30% crap over there, uh, uh, Tom Skilling at WGN, $1.8 million a year. What a hack. Um, he's wrong 70% of the time, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, and I, I could really use that $1.8 million where I, I don't see how he can at this point in his career and in his life. Um, he's already made it. It's, it's done. So, yeah, my turn. Um, anybody, anybody out there, any weather channel, I don't care where you're located. I don't care if you're in Omaha, friggin' Nebraska. I don't care where you're located. I will come to you and I will do that weatherman's job that he or she is doing in efficiently. Now, from what I understand, I can't do this in Miami only because I'm not a woman with big breasts. So I'm, I, I, you know, there I'm being discriminated against being a, a weather guy in, in Miami because you're not allowed. Um, you have to be a woman. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you have to, it's a prerequisite. Um, and, and, some of them, though, uh, uh, what's her face is down there now. She used to she used to work on the Weather Channel. Um, uh, uh, I can't think of her name. There's there are some legit um, uh, uh, weather forecasters out there, and you will currently see those legit weather forecasters questioning all the rest of the weather forecasters, and they're going to be like, "No, nah, I kind of I disagree with this," and they're going to be saying exactly what they at that moment. And there's from one like Kate Parker, uh, Kate Parker, I think is her I name. I don't see on, anyone wanting on, to be wrong, though. I just don't think they're interpreting no, the data. I don't see anyone perfectly. No, why would, they can't, they what's can't the advantage be. of wanting to be wrong about the weather? I don't understand an advantage I, of that. I, I don't you know. Have there people is no not advantage to, 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 to being wrong about the weather. I, I, you know, right. the, the reason why I do it is because people's lives and livelihoods are in danger. So, um, and I can pinpoint any area literally around the world um currently freaking mozambique and madagascar are getting pummeled again man tanzania over in south africa dude we have to pay attention to 
what is happening there because it directly affects what happens here. All of our currents and all of our weather patterns are the same. They're all connected. So if there's a disturbance in South Africa, we really have to pay attention to that. It's coming our direction. So with that, they're getting pummeled again for the second time in, what, a month? They just got pummeled. Like Mozambique just got completely leveled. There's already a million people that are homeless, and, and now there's going to be even more. That, that whole area is just going to get inundated with another cyclone, another hurricane. That's wild. Well, they just had, yeah. just like you predicted the other day, we had a couple of tornadoes going through day. Texas and Louisiana. Yesterday, They've already killed Texas. two people. It, yes, yeah. it was yesterday. I said Texas, well, they killed Louisiana. In, they, the ones they got Alabama, killed were in Rushton, Louisiana, is where two people got killed. Georgia, that's, that's this afternoon. And then I also said um, yeah, that Georgia has to look out. Look at Atlanta. Um, and then. Um, uh, you got to go just north, all, all the way up the line, uh, including Ohio Valley. You guys are in a little bit of danger on the north end of that. It could cause some winds, and because you're going to get some really, you know, nice moist. Yeah, we have rain started 20 minutes the, ago. It's going to rain all from night the Gulf long of here. Mexico. And tomorrow. Yeah, it's been raining already, right? Yeah, it started about 20 minutes ago. Scheduled to go all yeah. through the night, pretty much, and yeah. a little bit of tomorrow. Yeah, that's the north end of of this low pressure system that literally appeared out of nowhere. That's the problem. <laughs> they don't, they're not willing to say that I am I'm willing to say that our storms are, our, our, our weather system has changed. Our weather patterns have changed. There is no pattern to our weather patterns at the point worldwide. And it has changed because of the industrial revolution. It has changed because of the industrial revolution. We need to stop using coal and oil. And that doesn't seem to be happening. So we really need to end that, that production. Also, any, any, any pollutants that are going into our atmosphere need to be harnessed and used as energy. Find some way. So that's, one that that's what the left is talking about with the cops. That's what, uh, 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 what's her face, um, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Miss Congresswoman. Um, uh, is it, it, saying about the cows. It's, it's not about getting rid of the cows. It's about harnessing the methane so that we can use it for energy. Well, we've been saying that all along. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Instead of it causing these disasters that are going to happen to us now seemingly on a daily basis. So I, I can easily predict literally tomorrow and today, easily, and, you know, literally all up through the Tennessee Valley, all up through the Tennessee Valley um, and through the Ohio Valley and all of the Mississippi Valley, they're already being affected. They're currently, Louisiana is currently getting pummeled. I'm sure there are yeah. warnings and watches currently happening. I, I haven't even looked in the past hour, and I'm sure that there are, <laughs> there are warnings and watches currently happening. If that's the case, a warning means there is a tornado on the ground. It is coming towards you. Get out of its way. That's what it means. A warning. A watch means it could happen. Watch for it. It could happen. I feel it's, bad uh, for all these people, man. Yeah, two people died in Ruston in Louisiana, yeah. and half the town is still out without power. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing, the power lines. Yes, 
those poles are getting snapped, aren't they, in these high winds and in these tornadoes. And every single storm now, be prepared to have high winds and tornadoes. That's what we've caused in the Industrial Revolution. It is climate change. So um, these are the effects of climate change. It's not necessarily that it is climate change. These are the effects of it. It's more severe storms. When those power lines and power poles snap, hey, bury them. Okay? Bury them. Bury them. Get them underground. Okay? So that um, they're easier to maintain. And guess what? They never snap. They never get blown over. Nothing ever, a tree never hits them. It catches fire. Did you see that? Did you see that tree that was on fire? I don't mean to laugh. I just, you know, I, I, I'm, part of me is, is always excited about, and I'm a storm chaser too. I, I would love to do that, you know, for a living. I think that would be a blast. I've driven through storms just like just the other day on the air. I'll drive right through the mother. Oh, I almost swore. Dude, I've been so trying to curb it. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I love that stuff. So I get excited about it. So maybe that's where I'm laughing. That's maybe why I'm laughing because it's it's the excitability factor on on whether I'm. I would be a storm chaser. I love watching that. I love thunderstorms. Oh, I love lightning storms. It's so much fun. I've I love pictures of, of different storms. Yeah, I've been out in lightning storms, times when you should not be outside. I've, I've been outside taking pictures. So, I think it's fun. Yep. It's uh, like I said, anywhere anywhere USA. Um, yeah, I'm I'm more than willing to uh, come over and be your weatherman. Uh, you can contact me here at uh, Standing on My Soapbox, 347-989-0126. And it'd be great because you could be a sponsor as well. <laughs> I'd just there throw you, you in there if you're paying me to be the weatherman. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we're sponsored by whatever radio, I mean, whatever freaking uh, TV station I work for. I'd be more than willing to come and, and commute. <laughs> it'd be fun. There you go. I like it. I like I'll take that person's job, no problem. If they're wrong and... And, like, your news station just got hit by a tornado and your newscaster, your weatherman, didn't predict that shit. I am right here. I may be crass, but, dude, I will tell you if that tornado's coming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I may be swearing while it happens, but I guarantee you uh, the, the viewing audience will definitely benefit from those swear words. <laughs> <laughs> the FCC I might be a little like angry, it. but then they're going to look at the circumstances. So. It's not like, you know, I can't control my swearing. I've been doing it on this show. There's a number of shows we can send sponsors where I haven't sworn. There you go. Yeah, besides the occasional like it. little sworn. All right, well, let's – um, I, well, I, I teased in the beginning that I was running for president because everyone else and their brother is. Right. That's a Democrat. Oh, yeah, now so, we've got 20. Good old Joe Biden. Honest Joe announced this morning, and uh, I thought we'd play a little bit of that. Let's play a little bit of Joe's announcement this morning, shall we? Cool. Since he was supposed to be the front runner, and now he's not. Let's play it. Here we go. Okay. Charlottesville, Virginia, is home to the author of one of the great documents in human history. We know it by heart. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We've heard it so often, it's almost a cliche, but it's who we are. We haven't always lived up to these ideals. Jefferson himself didn't, but we have never before walked away from them. Charlottesville is also home to a defining moment for this nation in the last few years. Will not 
It was there on August of 2017 we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and burying the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans, and a violent clash ensued. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? But those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. I wrote at the time that we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. Well, that's even more true today. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. But if we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation, who we are, and I cannot stand by and watch that happen. The core values of this nation are standing in the world, our very democracy. Everything that has made America, America is at stake. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Folks, America is an idea. An idea that's stronger than any army, bigger than any ocean, more powerful than any dictator or tyrant. It gives hope to the most desperate people on earth. It guarantees that everyone is treated with dignity and gives hate no safe harbor. It instills in every person in this country the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can achieve if you work at it. That's what we believe. And above all else, that's what's at stake in this election. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. All right, it took them three months to say three minutes worth of stuff. Was it worth the wait? What's your thought? Uh, uh, wow. You didn't, I wasn't able to talk over that. Did you have me muted? No, I... I started hearing back. I thought you were talking to Katie. I thought you were talking to no. Katie, so I turned you off. Sorry. No, I was talking to Joe Biden. Like he has, like you know, he has a vocal coach, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it seemed like I, it was very weird. Anyway, but I think it's interesting that he finally jumped in. So. Yeah, it's Obama three months. I, I, mean, I think it was. Endorse him. Yeah. Not yet, no. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And the newest poll today shows that Sanders is actually on top of him a little bit, which scares me to hell. I've got to tell you, I'm not a Sanders fan at all. Um, not that I necessarily don't like all of his ideas, but my problem, he is an opportunist, and he ran for Democrat last time, and when he lost, I thought a lot of his voters were pretty rude, and then he switched back to being a – socialist and then when he thought it was time to run again 
he switched back to being a Democrat because he thought he'd get more Well, because votes. that's the only way, yeah, that's the only way he might Yeah, but that's an opportunist. If you're a true independent, yeah. you can run as an independent. Well, dude, who, he won't do that. There, I, I've he won't do so that. many people he in wants this world. The money. There's so many people in this world, dude, that are opportunists, especially the United States. I know. We're, we're, we've got I understand that, but I don't, I don't necessarily need that for president. And the fact that no, they talked, they had a thing go last week that said, if Sanders lost the nomination to anyone, to Warren or Buttigieg or Biden or anyone, 21% of them would switch over to Trump. That's, uh, that's the kind of people he has followed, the kind of people he had last time. I don't like him. Right. Don't like, actually, I don't like his followers more, but I don't like a lot of his ideas. I like some of his ideas. Right now, the way the polls go is they have Sanders on top, followed by Biden, followed by Harris, followed by Buttigieg. Followed by O'Rourke, followed by Warren. Followed Wait, twenty-one Hold on, hold on. Twenty-one percent of his voters, and how many of those would that actually be? I doubt it would even make a difference. I, I seriously, uh, you know, once it once it really comes well, it down. It depends. To it. If he got almost it, as many votes as Hillary last year, I don't know. It could be a good. No- it's enough to screw up the election. That's for sure. They're saying a lot of that's what happened in the three states. Remember, there's only 70,000 people is what swung the election last year. 70,000 no, people cheated. in three states. No, we, we know this. They cheated somewhere in, in the, um, the Electoral College. They cheated. We know this. Right. We know this. Well, this is Mueller report stuff. They cheated. <laughs> that's, like that's I said, 70,000 so votes is not much. If, if 21 per- I think 21% is a lot more than 70,000 votes. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. Is, uh, I, you know. Even if it's a couple of million, I, I doubt it's difference. I, I think, I think that the candidate actually, well, you know, uh, Mayor Pete, man, Mayor Pete has, has like literally, uh, you know, Bill Maher said it last week and he walked out there and he's like, all right guys, I'm gay. Mic drop. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, He's got everybody over everybody. I mean, he's, they, they all have their yeah. issues, and no, and he's confronting Mike Pence on the shed. So, yeah, no, like, I, I, I that's my choice. Is. Creator, my choice is him with. Creator, I would Mike, like him with Biden, him with same. Harris, or him with um, Klobuchar. Those are my, my three choices, I, I think. I think it's hilarious that that he was that he was like you know that it's my creator and your creator are the same creator, and uh, right. and you know so how do you explain that? You know I'm the exact same thing, so I believe the exact same thing. Exactly. Well, awesome. it's at 20 people now in the same. We have the first debates coming in about a month and week, month and two weeks will be the first debate. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, actually two months, give me exactly two months for the first to break. I don't understand why uh, Julian Castro is still in. He hasn't caught fire even a little bit. Booker, I think, hasn't caught as much fire as I thought he would. Um, They had that women summit yesterday with six people, and Warren kind of killed that. She's not my favorite candidate either, but... I like that she's a policy well, well, wonk. She's been given lots of policies, and I like people that have policies. I can kind of, I can kind of, I can narrow it down for you. Just check out who's lobbyists who work for Jeff Bezos. 
And then who are they lobbying for? So go there, first of all. And then um, also, um, God, what's his name? Who, running for president? Kamala Harris? Gillibrand? Talk about a presidential person or who? Oh, your phone might be dropping out there, mister. You may want to call back. There it goes. All right, he'll be calling back in just a couple seconds. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, Joe Biden is in the race now. There's 20 official Democrats in the race. Sanders is on top. Castro, Julian Castro's on the bottom uh, with Gillibrand down there. So, first debates are in two months. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. I'm an anybody but Trumper. I just hope Bernie Sanders people don't throw a monkey wrench and everything because they really pissed me off last time. And I have a feeling they're going to do the same this time. So I'm not real happy about that, but we'll see what happens. So oh, what were you saying? I love that shit. Oh, thank you so much for cutting me off right at that moment. What was I saying? What was I saying? I don't know. I didn't cut you off. Your phone just died. No, not you. I know. Uh, yeah, like they're not listening. I was totally giving out, like, you know, just follow the lobbyists. That's the type of shit that I'm saying. I'm talking shit. And they cut me the fuck off. Nice. And make me swear. <laughs> That's nice. You guys suck. And I'm back on. So there you go. I'll just, you know, press send. Can there you, you go. That's all you got to do. Press a little send. <laughs> Uh, 347-989-0126. Please call Speaking of presidents, um, Mm -hmm. President Putin today met with good old Kim in uh, Russia. (laughs) Excellent. Kim Kim Jong-un is meeting with uh, Putin to put a little pressure on Trump, saying that uh, you're not the only one in the world here, Trump. And, but, uh, Putin said, we're very pleased with the outcome of the talk, both I and my colleagues, and uh, Chairman Kim Jong-un is a fairly open person, leading a free discussion on all issues, will share his information along with the Americans. So now (laughs) we have Russia being a bumper now between North Korea and the United States. How weird is that shit? Yeah, it's not weird. They're in cahoots. They're in cahoots, and they're just holding the P-tape. That's all they're doing. Yeah, yeah they're holding think? the P-tape. They're, they're, like, they're like, hey, we got this. We got this. We also got that $600 million that you owe us. We got that one, too. So I just love yeah, no, how the, the Trump thought. I can't wait. To, they got to release it. Just yeah. please, Putin, just release the P-tape, man. It'd be so much fun. I don't even He's care listening to tell you the truth. But, release yeah. it. Oh, no, I think everybody would give a shit. I think everybody would care at that point when they're like, wait a minute, that's true? <laughs> like, you know, it's just a thing that's out there that's kind of funny, you know, that he may have hired hookers, that our president may have hired hookers and had them pee all over each other. So it's just kind of funny. So Well, you know, we know he hires hookers that. or he hires porn stars. I mean, it's not that, porn stars, that yeah. much of a stretch. And have, it's not much and of he a gets stretch. Spank. And spanked with magazines, so he's he's Whatever. into something. <laughs> well, that's a, that's according to Stormy Daniels. 
That's what she said. Yeah, that is so, so not what I even care about him, to tell you the truth. I, whether that comes out or not, I don't care. If you, if you think <laughs> – if that's the, the best thing he's got going for him or the worst thing he's got going for him, I don't know. I just think it's funny that Kim Jong-un is just saying, well, we've had fun. Thanks for those two summits and making me seem really good in front of all my people here to get to see me twice. Now I'm going to go to the Russians and see what they're going to do for me. I think he's just playing them like a fiddle. Yeah, I they're all think he even even I'm cares. Surprised and now, I'm surprised the Saudis haven't. He's going to go take this over to China and talk to China about it now and whatever. Yeah, I'm surprised the Saudis haven't shown up to that to that little meeting over there. Yeah, what I don't think they're in as much. Saudis are <laughs> try to pretend they're in with the United States. They just don't care who they kill. But uh, Saudis try to be with the United States. I think they're too chicken to go hang out with the Russians and the Tricoms and the uh, North Koreans. But I'm sure they would love to see all that stuff be stirred around, stir all yeah. that stuff. Well, as long as we keep buying their oil. Which I don't understand. We have enough oil in the Getty Reserves in Southern California that will last the United States 150 years. So why we got to be buying OPEC? I don't. Yeah, I don't we just cut that. off it, all the it, oil it, to Iran. So we got plenty yeah. of oil here, and don't don't oh, we got plenty sell of oil. Iran any oil, or we're not going to do ours yeah. anymore. And we have plenty of oil, so they don't. You know, if we're still going to continue we're to now use it, which we should, number one we export of oil in the world. We passed yeah. Saudis. Yeah, why uh, why why are we doing that? Why why not just keep it for us? There's if no reason. Case, and we have all this extra for they should be keeping it in reserve and trying to do the wind and solar we've been talking about for the yeah. last however many weeks we've been talking about. You have all these reserves, you have it there if you need it. Leave it alone and start producing some other stuff. We don't need it. Just export it out, make some money off the stuff while you're making our country better. Yeah, but they're not. They're just charging us more and using other people's oil. That's all big business. You know, we're not really involved in it. You know, we don't really have a choice in it. They're the ones making those choices. They're they're the ones running those companies. So at what point do we say, you know, enough's enough as a society? At what point? There, There is a point for every single dictator. There is a point where that that civilization that just goes, I don't know, that's it. You're done. It's over. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure what those points on. are going to be, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see. That's the one thing I'll agree with Biden about. We can't have four more years of this stuff. I mean, we'll bounce yeah, back, pretty, but we'll be having to bounce pretty back strong, pretty damn far. Some pretty strong, pretty strong words there. Um, once again, I, you know, I wish that he would either get a different vocal coach or I don't know, maybe a a, a different studio, you know, a different microphone. He's had that cadence though forever. That's the way he's talked forever. Yeah. Well, if you're going to be a storyteller, dude, I'm, you know, I'm arrogant about it, but I'm an expert voiceover artist and, and I'm a little dry, um, only because I'm sarcastic as hell. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of have a hard time if a product really isn't a good product, I have a hard time selling it. So, um, where I don't have a hard time selling what I had for lunch, which was hostess crumb donuts, dude. (laughs) The old time hosting crumb donuts that come six in a little pack. Oh, the little tiny, 
the little mini uh, Hostess Crumb Donuts, dude. Yeah, and they almost went Ooh, out of business. You dunk those in coffee, back. and it's like the oh, breakfast no, of champions, man. dude. Oh, oh. I just had, them for, just had them for lunch, and along with a couple nice. of junior mints. So, yeah. yeah That's that, an that interesting was, uh, lunch choice of champions. there. Interesting choice. Coffee, Hostess Crumb Donuts. The, the, the crumb is like the coconut. Yeah, that's all, oh, dude. So right, good. right, right. And then, uh, and then, uh, and some junior mints. So yeah, thanks, Hostess. And uh, I don't know who makes junior mints. Nabisco? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I could sell it. They're yummy. <laughs> I had them for lunch. Yeah, that's good stuff. I've been reaching lunch out to my evening. restaurants because when I when I go to Palm Springs and do my eight shows in Palm Springs, I. I Offer a, I bring a different restaurant in every day to cook for my guests and to show off their stuff. So I sent out all my uh, restaurant invitations today. I already got two back. I have one Sweet. that does the best table side fresh made guacamole I've ever had that I had last Excellent. year when I was there. It's called the Rio Azul. And then I think I have another one lined up too. So Careful. I'm I make about a that. mean guac too. I Do make you? a mean uh, guac. Yeah. I love guacamole. Love yep. guacamole. And I use different It was funny. As a kid, I hated guacamole. I hated smashed avocados. My friend had an avocado tree in the back. And he used to gag me to walk in the backyard, all those smushed avocados everywhere. But now I love guacamole. But I did not like it at first. I did not like looking at it. What's your secret well, eat ingredient? Eat as much as you can. Your- What's eat, your as, must, eat as much as you can. I'm not giving away. I ain't giving away my recipes. No friggin' way. Oh. Um, <laughs> made the mistake of making it in front of a friend of mine at one point, and then he threw it into a cookbook. I don't know if he ever made any money off of it, and I'm not giving his name. Just the fact that I said it is enough. So, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it, it completely stole my recipe. But whatever. Um, I love a good fresh made guacamole. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. But avocados, um, dude, we get the majority of our avocados not from Southern California anymore. We get the majority of our avocados from Ecuador. So we're going to have a problem. They, they just went through a couple of major floods and they also went through um, a, a drought. So they're having problems growing avocados. And then with the tariffs that that were you know that are put on those Mexican countries, and they're not guys, they're Central American countries that we're talking about. There are no such thing as other Mexican countries. Um, I just think that was so funny when he said that there's three Mexican countries that we are, and Fox News reported it too, um, that that we're putting tariffs on um, that we're not yeah. dealing with. And he, and he was, I think Ecuador was one of those. Um, there it's a, and Venezuela is another one and they're, they're, they're Central American countries. That'd be American. That's the same America that you live in guys. So, um, uh, yeah, Ecuador has had a problem and we get a lot of our exports. I mean, our imports from there, as far as fruits and vegetables are concerned, and they've had a hard time growing. So, you know, guacamole, going away avocados going away it's not necessarily about just shutting down the the southern border here it's about other countries having a problem growing and those countries that we are actually purchasing our fruits and vegetables from we haven't become self-sufficient and self 
self-sufficient in the United States yet. And as soon as that happens, then we will, you know, like we start growing our own avocado trees so that we have our, you know, our own guacamole. That's, you know, we do have 300 million people here and then another 100 million that are undocumented or here on student visas or work visas or whatever. So we've got, you know, 400 million people here. And on any given day, as far as tourism is concerned, you're closer to 500 million. So, you know, you got to accept lately, not under this regime. Uh, but if well, I move back to, to California, I would buy a house day. with an avocado tree. I'd plant my own go. dwarf lime tree and plant nice. cilantro in my garden, and I would be set Excellent. for life right there. Excellent. I would love all that. I used to have a Yummy. whole bunch of stuff growing in my backyard. A whole bunch of stuff. I had lemon trees and orange trees and all sorts of stuff. We had a dwarf <clears> lemon <throat> tree that used to produce like a son of a gun. We had great lemonade had all grapes. summer long from that thing. I had Merlot grapes and champagne grapes growing at one point. Oh, nice. In one of my backyards. Yeah, it was cool. That's very cool. Merlot grapes are tough to grow in a lot of places. Yeah, they are. That's oh, and I nice. was just producing. It was, it was sweet. It was sweet. Very cool. They were just getting to the point. Yeah. Then I had to move. Mm. I have to get some wines for my road trip for my guest bags. Got to find any free wineries out there that want to get their product out. Different celebrities, hit me up. I need wine bottles to give away. Nice. What else I, is going you know, on in the news? Just stop at different places on your on the on the route. <clears throat> just stop at different places and you know talk to them about it. Did um, you ever drive up to Paso Robles yeah. when you were living in California and go up to Paso Robles wine country? I love yeah. a lot of Paso Robles wines. All the time, it's good stuff. San Luis Obispo, that whole area. It's it's one of my yeah. favorite areas. All up near Hearst Castle, and then you go a little bit north beyond that, and you're into Napa. So it's beautiful, beautiful country. Do you ever stop and, in the Clintox and Pismo and Pismo a Beach? A lot of land. A lot, yeah, of land. a lot of land. I am currently driving cross-country, and there is a lot of land. A lot, lot of empty space. A lot of there it. There is a lot out there. Yo. Did you ever go to McClintock's and Pismo when you were driving through that area? Right on the yeah. main highway there, 101? I love yep. that restaurant. That's one of my favorites. You bring your wine in. They don't charge yeah, one they don't to, charge a to get to like Monterey, to get to Monterey right. and to get up into um, uh, uh, shit. I forgot what it was called, but anyway, to get up in the area where like you know Clint Eastwood lives, um, you, Carmel, you, need to, you need to take more Carmel. There you go. Yeah, yeah. like that's I lived in Monterey for two years. I mean, they may have changed it. But... Oh yeah, no, I lived in Monterey Sweet. for two years. Sweet. So yeah, well, one's right on the coast. One on one's a little inland, but. One is right yeah. on the coast there. You can take one down. One's good to drive north because one driving south, you're right on those freaking cliffs. And one, <laughs> you go a little too far to the right, and you're going to the ocean. Oops. On a lot yep. of one. So yep. I like to drive north on uh, one, but I don't like to drive south that much on one. Nice. But there is some great camps, camping along there. And you can go, there's a lot of great places along there. And you go right. up through the Redwoods. Go up through the redwoods if you go on one. Oh yeah, you can go right. all the way up north there, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've taken that trip, and it's extremely scenic, 
and slow going. Remember, you're doing 25 mile an hour, you know, turns at best. So, and then, you know, there's always the inconvenient landslide. So, um, you know, they happen all the time on the one. There's constantly areas where there's rocks. So be careful when you're doing it. But, you know, slow going and it's a beautiful trip. It is a beautiful trip. Go through Santa Cruz and Half Moon Bay yep. and all those places. It's a nice trip, that's for sure. Yeah. Have you been watching Jeopardy on your trip? This guy's still going like freaking wildfire. Yeah, where's he at? One million something? That's crazy. He's at a million one hundred thirty-five thousand in fifteen games. Fifteen times. Yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed. Dude, he is fast as hell on the clicker. So fast. Right. I mean, they cannot get a shill in there to beat him. So, and they've tried. Well, and they, they say he know, they and, use and, and look at the uses this look at the called, information he knows. Yeah, he used what's called this forest technique, which is named after uh-huh. this contestant forest because the way Jeopardy is set up is they expect you to go lowest to highest because that's the way the questions go. And this forest guy was the first one that jumped around categories searching for the daily doubles. And for the daily so that's yeah. what this guy is employing is this forest technique because it throws other yeah, people off because the they're not used to that. Huh? What about the clicker speed? What, what? His clicker speed is insane. Like he oh, is yeah. on, he was, he's the first one to chime in every single freaking time. Right. And, and then he's normally, he's like 99% right answer. And I'm just, I'm blown away at the amount of information that this guy knows. They said, I, I heard a stat this morning driving. He has um, got, he's got 83% of the daily doubles since he's been on. And he, no, he's, he's got, I lied. He's got 72% of the daily doubles in his 15 times on. And he's answered them correctly 89% of the time. 89%. Wow, dude. I knew yeah. I was close. I, I felt yeah. like it was a much higher number than that because I, it, it's almost like one a show he'll get wrong, maybe two. And that puts him in the 90% range. So right. yeah, dude. Wow. That Just is, that he's so got impressive. 73% of all of them in 15 days. I mean, there's only three, what is there? Three or four a game, uh, a show. I think there's two at each. Daily, daily doubles. There's, I think there's, there's two daily one, doubles in each, in each board. Or one in the first one and two in the second one or something. So it's I, like I've been Katie Katie and I have been playing some older games. We like to go on YouTube and and check out the older games, the nineteen eighties games and stuff like that. Right. And just see how how much information one we retained, um by actually living through that time period. And because <laughs> there's some pop culture, you know, there's pop culture things that come up and you're like Wow, do I actually remember who this person is? So because it's, you know, sometimes it's fleeting. Um, any of that pop culture, they're celebrities for about a minute and they were a right. Jeopardy question. So, um, uh, you know, stuff like that will come up. And it's also interesting to see how factual Jeopardy actually is. Uh, they base the majority of their questions, the majority of their clues are based in fact and based in science and based in what the actual, if it's a book, you know, and it's fiction, what the actual fiction says, what the actual fiction 
you know, what the characters actually are. It's all based on what the facts are of whatever it is they're talking about. So um, we like to see that even in 1980, whatever the hell, um, they were still that way. And they currently are that way. So it's really interesting to see that they haven't changed any of that, the way they have constructed that game over, you know, right. a 35 year period of time. And it's also really well, interesting another interesting see, stat you know, I heard on the radio this morning when they were talking about his per- percentages and everything, which, which they don't know if he knew it. They just figured it out because they were doing it because this guy's going so crazy. But it turns out that 64% of the time, the daily double is going to be in one of the first two columns, fourth one down. That's a lot. 64% wow. of the time. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't know if he knew uh, that ahead of time. Com- That's why he's yeah, getting a lot. No, first, but they just figured it yeah, out since he's been column, doing it. Second column, fourth first one down. First and second column, four what, down. Yeah, first and second column, four down. Four yeah, down. no, I've noticed that. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that as well, that there is a pattern to that, that you may find the daily double there a lot. I've noticed that over the amount of years that I've, that I've played. And I've noticed a lot of people will say, you know, um, whatever that category is for 1200 or 1600, they go right in there to find out, you know, to find where, where the daily double is. And it ends up being there a lot of times. They should shuffle that around a little bit. Yeah. They need to. Yeah. If it's 61% of the time, that's a lot. That's, I mean, we're talking what, Six out of ten times, you're going to find it in one of those two places. That's pretty you're going wild. to find it right there. Yeah. Hey, I got two pop culture things I want to do before we run out of Prince. time. We only have 15 minutes left here. Prince, uh, so I want to talk about Prince. That I, saw. Prince. I want to talk about Prince because I love Prince's new album. Prince. Yeah, no, it's his, his version new... of the time. It's his version of the time's Jungle Love. And, and, and from what I understand, he produced the time. So... Um, yeah, he's, this, this album has, uh, sex shooter, his version of sex shooter is also on there and something else. Um, well, what uh, it is, is one. it's actually called, I forget they're, they're calling it Prince's first or something. Cause what happened? And I didn't realize this cause I knew he wrote a lot of songs. This is yeah. 15 songs. One, um, 14 of them are the first time of him singing, but he wrote all these songs for all these people. Right. So he wrote Sex Shooter for for Apollonia. He wrote Jungle Love for the time. He wrote Manic Monday for the Bangles. He wrote... That was um, was the one that I was... Yeah. yeah. It was a huge hit. He wrote for Sheila E. Glamorous Life. So this is actually him singing all these other people's songs, but he wrote them first. That's cool. Sheila E. is a sick drummer. Dude, she's a sick drummer. She's so good. And she used to play drums for him. I saw her in person for, did she play for Power Station or something? She played for someone. I think so. She she freelanced a bit. I think it was Power Station. I saw her someplace live with another group. I don't remember who it was. She guested for him. I thought it was Power Station, which was an offshoot of Duran Duran. But I don't remember. Wasn't it also? It, it was Sheila E. and Power Station. I think they they had included Maybe her it was. as Maybe part it of was. part of the headliner. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if it was Power Station, but I, I think you're you're close on that, if not correct. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't remember. I just remember I saw her live one time, and I thought it was a Power yeah, Station. Yeah, no, she's such a great drummer. Oh, she's good. She is darn good. 
But I guess they're going to release this album uh, right around his birthday, which is June 7th. So it's going to come nice. somewhere around there. 15 songs, 14 of his songs that, from other artists that he actually wrote for them. So him playing them first, singing his own songs that were made famous by other people. And then right. one, he's going to do his own version of something. I forget. I'm, either a I'm wondering if song nothing, or something. nothing compares to you. Because that was written by Prince as well, uh, uh, Sinead O'Connor. Could be. I actually, that would be Chris awesome. Cause I love that song. Chris Cornell's version of of that song is insanely good. If you haven't heard it, once again, I don't just think I have. Punch up Chris Cornell, and it'll be there. I will have to do that. I didn't know he covered that yeah. song. I love that song. Oh yeah, yeah, he covered it for uh, Howard Stern show, I believe. Wow, I'm gonna definitely look that yeah. up then. It was either Howard Stern or Sirius Satellite. I think he actually Chris Cornell covered it a couple of times. Um, uh, one in sessions with with Sirius Satellite, and then uh, another. Like I said, I think it's Howard Stern, and he was on the Howard Stern show, and and they he he played a couple of. Probably it's on Sirius. I just pulled it up. It's on Sirius something, so it's probably. Howard Stern. There's two. There's two versions. Yeah. There's another one that's well, and Howard's on Sirius as well. But um, but I'm saying that they that uh, I think they did like a, like a, an acoustic uh, uh, sessions with just Chris Cornell that was that was um, uh, filmed at a separate time than the Howard Stern show. I think they've got a different oh, nice. because okay. they you know because they have all those separate channels now for all the artists. So gotcha. I'm pretty sure they were planning on doing a Chris Cornell channel they absolutely could they've got enough interviews the only problem is they don't have him as a presenter where you know with with tom petty at least they had him for a presenter for a short time so he could host right. the majority of of the shows and then you've got him on tape or on on you know whatever digital um you know, you've got him on adr and and you've got the recording so you can at least have him still be on the channel as his voice and uh, and where Chris Cornell, you know, all you have are really interviews, which is fine as right. well. I mean, I you know, I, I know Lithium has done uh, Lithium on, on XM has done a number of days where they, uh, you know, um, do all Chris Cornell and they do all. Sound That's what I think this is. This is from Lithium, the one that I pulled up first. I think it's from yeah. Lithium. So yeah. Very cool. I'm gonna have to listen to that after the show here. I like it. Yeah, nothing compares to you. It was written by Prince. That's why I was. That's why I was. Yeah, exactly. It. Uh, yeah. So I'd I'd be interested to hear him sing that as well. You know, if it, I'm wondering if that's on this album and if it's the first cut, that's really cool. They're they're so they're releasing demos of of Prince on this album. I think that's awesome. Right. I think that's really cool. Do you know if they digitally so, remastered anything or or do you know anything about it? Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to pull it back up. I don't remember it, to tell you the truth. Okay. I hope they leave it. Just, I hope they leave it the way the way it sounded. You know, all raw and and all like you can hear the ambient noise in the background, which is most likely his basement. So you know, I mean, all that stuff is like very. It's 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 uh, to me it's it's the quality. It's that's that's what we're looking for in the artistry. And it's what, you know, probably made those other artists go, hey, can I do this song? So, you know, that's what I... These are all demos of him. So they might be very acoustic. could be all demos of it. So it's like, hmm. 
No, oh, that'd be great. That's going to be cool. Say it's going to be cool uh, to hear. It doesn't look like they've been remixed. Just call them demos here. Wow. It's going to have Sex Shooter, Jungle Love, Manic Monday, Noon Rendezvous, Makeup, 100 Miles Per Hour, You're My Love, Holly Rock, Baby You're a Trip, The Glamorous Life, Gigolos Get Lonely 2, Love Thy Will Be Done, Dear Michelangelo, Wouldn't You Love to Love Me, and Nothing Compares to You. So there you go. There you go. It's one of the ones on there. Uh Uh-oh. Woohoo. Craig's now getting into that range. The ones he did from 81 to... On music. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 81 to 84 primarily is when he did all these, except for that Love Thy Will Be Done he did in 91. I'm looking forward to that because I'm a huge Prince fan. That'll be very cool. I've known a, I know a lot of people, especially millennials that didn't really listen to Prince, um, that, you know, they were like, they, they, they don't really understand his music. And for, for those of us that actually lived through it, um, he was a very dominant force in music. And it was in a time when we were all looking at solo artists and what they could present to the world. And it was really, you know, there wasn't any real, like, I mean, there was the Jackson machine, but um, there wasn't any real like music machine besides the music industry. So we were looking at uh, solo artists like Prince to, to dominate, to come out and be like, you know, yeah, it's me and it's all about me. And this is what I am trying to say. And this is what I'm trying right. to do. Well, he was, the one that to took, he was one of the few black musicians that took control of his own music. He produced his own stuff. Yeah. He really made his own yeah. Paisley records. I mean, he was one of the yeah. first moguls as far as of his own music. There was, a, yeah. there was some black Motown that did for other people. But he did his own yep. stuff. He wasn't selling out to anybody. Yeah, that's what I'm talking awesome. about. There was already a machine that was yeah. created by the music industry. And what we were looking for in the 80s were all these solo artists. That's why you'll see One Hit right. Wonders. Because there were a whole bunch of solo artists that we were all like, yeah, maybe this is the next one. You know, that This is the one that'll be what we've been looking for in music and get us through right. this transition. And it was a guy like Prince. You know, there's, they're few and far between. And to actually yeah. affect us as a generation and, and to influence us. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody down South and Southeast, uh, be careful. I know we're, we're getting close to the end here. Don't want to come to a hard stop again, dude. Um, getting close to the end. We got uh, four minutes left here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to make sure everybody down, you know, down in the South, Southeast end of the, uh, the country here, uh, just, you know, heads up, keep, uh, keep your alerts on your smell, your smell phones. (laughs) <laughs> now that would be really interesting if we, if we could get some smartphones that actually had smell vision so that would be really really interesting uh, <laughs> your smell phone keep your alerts on your smart your smartphones and uh and you know and try to try to just stay aware and pay attention to your neighbors especially those that are elderly or disabled um you know make sure that they're safe because they have a hard enough time getting around getting away from things like tornadoes. So um, that's it. Just be safe. Take care of each other. Be safe. We'll finish up with uh, last in pop culture that I'm excited about. 
Uh, Bond 25, they've announced the villain. And the villain's going to be Rami Malek, who I absolutely adore. Uh, Just did such a fantastic job playing Freddie Mercury in the recent Queen biopic. And, of course, from Robot, iRobot. Man, I'm excited for this. He is the Bond villain in Bond 25. They don't have a name for it yet. Daniel Craig starring. They're bringing back a lot of the original cast. So Daniel Daniel uh, is starring in it. He is starring in it. They're going to bring back a lot of the original cast. The Money Penny and the Q and all them that have done all this. Uh, his ex, his girlfriend that was in the last one. I forget her name. She's coming back. Uh, the movie starts out with him in Jamaica, out of active service and on holiday. And that's all they're talking about so far. But it's going to be a good one, from what they say. So I love Trevor Randy Noah. Malick, Trevor so. Noah did this. Trevor Noah did this whole stand-up act about uh, I can't think of the the black actor. Um, the the guy that's I I can never I, I can never uh, size up guys. This dude's he's a tall black dude and he's an actor and he's he's really hot. I I, I don't know I, I don't know his name. It starts with an A. Um, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was being considered for 007. And then everybody was like, Oh, we that's the Alu Badu Baba Babu. He has lots of I can't in think of his name. name. Uh, 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 shit. I can't think of his name. I wish I could. Aiello. 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 No, no. Adele. Whatever. But they were considering him. And everybody's like, You know, this may sound racist, but he's black. So why? You can't. You can't have 007 be black because every chase scene and Trevor Noah just went through this whole thing. He's like ding 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 ding, and and then he's running from 007's running from the bad guy. Ding 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 ding, and then he hides in a crowd. And then oh wait, where is he? Oh, there he is. Because it's like he's black. He would stand. I think I did see that. I think now you say that I saw that. He couldn't be Oh, right. hilarious. Trevor Noah is saying all that. So funny. And something about, so like, funny. there's always, so I'm surprised they're always in, in, a, in the ocean or end up in the ocean <laughs> or pool and we can't swim. So <laughs> it was a funny take. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, no, was that, was a whole, that whole bit was hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, very funny stuff. All right, my so, fans, yeah, drive safe. We should be getting closer to your destination. You should be there uh, soon. Yeah. Soon. We All should right. be there soon. Guys, give us a call. We have one more day. Tomorrow's our last day. You can be standing on my soapbox with us right here, 347-989-0126, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Play out with little Z Machine, but we'll have an all-new or uh, Left of Straight, Best of Left of Straight show from uh, last year's Big Gay Road Trip, uh, day four, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Thanks for joining in. Bye-bye. Peace. Give me the power back. Another smiling face gone to waste, playing with fire now. Giving too much to feel the heat. So close your eyes, no surprise, time ain't no stranger now. So give me the power back before it's gone forever. And with the feeling that you
Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail. It's always happy hour somewhere. And enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. It is Tuesday, August 14, 2018. We are once again at the beautiful Indulge Resort on my big gay road trip to Palm Springs. Big thanks to John and Sandy and the manager, Raymond, for having us here. We're enjoying sun and excitement and... A little too much heat, but it's all good here. So we're here for another two weeks. If you missed yesterday's show, and why did yet? We had a fantastic show with Jason Stewart, Frank DeCaro, Jim Colucci, Matt Wall, and we had food from 849 Restaurant, some of the best lobster rolls in the entire world, some fresh ahi yummies, and all sorts of good stuff. In just a little bit, we'll be talking to my stellar panel today, Terry Ray, Mel England, Rick Carradas, and we're currently munching on food from Ruby's Diner. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God. We have a little Oreo chicken salad, some chicken tacos, mm. some spicy chicken lettuce wraps, and a turkey club or a chicken club. Oh, good stuff, guys. Uh, we'll give a quick shout to the sponsors while we're here to who made this big gay road trip possible. Thanks so much for Tony Guadagnino back in New York for yeah, shouting yeah, out on social Tony, media. Yeah. Tony. And uh, if you need any help on social media, go to his website, www.tonyguad.com, www.tonyguad.com. True FM Media in Columbus, Ohio has carried my show the last three years and helping us get out here to Columbus. Escape Room Palm Springs, we've been to once. We'll go there a couple more times before we leave. Andrew Christian was so generous, CBT Candle, Yoga Works, Sebastian Week, Skin Care, and of course our restaurants, Just Tapas, Salads in a Jar, 849, Lulu's, Ruby's, and so many more to come. I ate at Lulu's last night. Isn't Lulu's it's great? Yep, yeah, we love yeah. Lulu's. We go there all the time. Oh my love God. Lulu's. The free fee at Lulu's is to die for. $20, big oh. meal. Yep. Yeah. It's so, and it's so pretty to look at. You're like in the large deco, mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yeah. Old Hollywood. So lots of fun stuff. So big thank you to those sponsors. Let's go ahead and get into the show here. I'll give a little small intro to each of my guests here. Of course, Terry Ray has been a great friend of the show. Probably Ty Stan Zimmerman is my most frequent guest ever. Wow. Because he has so many great projects to talk about that he's either created or been a part of. He is here with Electricity, playing also at the Indulge Resort for the next couple nights. 
the one-year anniversary of playing at the resort here. He also, of course, is getting ready to release another season of My Sister is So Gay, where the lovely Lonnie Anderson plays Mumsy. <laughs> Next to him, kind of sort of, between uh, a little bit of a sandwich of Rick Carotta uh, sandwich, we have <laughs> Mel England. He's been a great guest on the show in the past. Of course, he started so many numerous projects. My favorite being Ron and Laura Take Back America. I love that so much. Aww. It's just a great parody in today's. If you haven't seen it yet, it is a little tiny, my friend. Yeah. And, of course, he is the co-star of Electricity right here with Terry Ray. I get to see it tonight. I'm so excited. And we're going to be talking all things that. And then next to him, in the middle, sandwiched in between, and I just want to hear another story that I can't even talk about on here. Rick Karadis, uh, Rick Sudi Karadis, has been on the show a couple of times with us. He's working fun and behind the camera, of course, as producer and actor on Walk a Mile My Prada's. He has an amazing new book out for the last couple of months. He's been touring the country with Rainbow Relatives, Real World Stories, uh, to give you advice and how to talk to kids about LGBT family and friends. Excellent book, Rick. I love it. And we were supposed to have the fantastic Michael Vaccaro today talking about Child of the 70s. But, hey, we have two co-stars. We can talk behind his back. We can talk we'll about it, yeah. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll dish all about Michael. It's <laughs> <laughs> just between uh, us. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to the show. Welcome to Palm Springs. How are you yeah, doing? Thank you, God. Exciting. You guys are just locals. We've been doing this for a year now in electricity. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks Thank for coming you. to our nest in Medina. It's our one-year anniversary. It's like I got married to Terry Ray. Oh, oh dear Ooh. God. Oh, oh God. 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 Dear, dear God, I know. <laughs> Fictionally, we have a fictional love that we just can't get rid of. <laughs> and, of course, Rick, your book is here. You come out here. You're from L.A., so yep. you're able to come out and visit. Yeah, that's so. two-hour drive. Not too bad, yeah. So. There you go. Not well, you bad. made it. Uh, uh, well, I'm being macho. I really took two and a half hours. Wow. Well, okay. Because <laughs> you had to pee. Let's uh, just twice, say it. Twice. Okay. All right. Over 50, I had to pee twice. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> If you wear it depends, you can just go straight through. No, if you just get a bottle, you can just go right there. We all have our own technique. I've been an astronaut pants Well, they also have this thing called depends, but yeah, there you, go. you can just you can cut that time way down. Well, they finally have nice designs on the front. That's what I'm told. Really? So right? That's my mom and dad oh. here. Wow. That's so what I'm told. Well, she's gonna kill me for that one. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, welcome to the show. Let's start off with Rick here. Um, the book is doing phenomenal. You've been all over the country with I, I think that's selling Omarosa's. Omarosa. What's her name? Omarosa. <laughs> yeah. Omarosa. Don't buy her book. Are you going to release a tape or anything tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about uh, briefly what the book's about and this book tour. It sounds like it's been kind of fun. You've been everywhere. It's fun, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a book on speaking to kids about LGBT families and friends, so it's for adults. And speaking to kids on all different topics from when one parent comes out and turns out to be gay to kids having two moms and two dads to coming out to nieces and nephews. So all these Aww. different uh, topics. Uh, there's a transgender chapter. There's a chapter on religion. And, but it's with a sense of humor, too. Like this, uh, oh, I love the chapter headings. <laughs> when they talk about transgender, it's called Kids, Your Dad. Well, she has something to tell you. Uh, when you talk about school, jeers to peers who bully queers, which is, we've all looked at that. Uh, and for parents coming out, we have 
Daddy left mommy for Tommy. Oh, oh my God. God. The chapter That's great. So the first chapter is... Uh, there was no monster in your closet, but your uncle was. So that's uncomfortable. Oh, my God, I love it. So it's really sense of humor, but there are serious things in it as well, obviously. Sure. A parent sense of gay. There's probably a divorce, so don't want to make too much fun of that. You know, right. But, yeah. But Can I ask you a question? Some great contributors. What's that? Can I ask him a question? That of is course. a question you want to ask him. Yes. Can I ask what inspired you to write this book? Yes. Um, you may ask me. No, okay. I'll tell you, too. Um, I, I actually was talking to my sister like eight or nine years ago. That was your question? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> talking to my sister who and my nieces and nephews were kind of young her kids and I was asking her if they knew about they live in another state and everything if they knew about my orientation and so she's like I, I think so I'm not sure how to approach that I wish there was a book on that she said and I was like mm, that's good ah. idea. and that night I came up with the title how to tell the kids about Uncle Mary and Aunt Butch but I realized that was too silly so it became Rainbow Relatives later and I just Aww. went from there and yeah so that is cool. Great, great idea. I'm so it, it just makes me so happy because these are conversations that people have to have all over the country, especially as it's just, thank God, becoming more normal for people to be out in places like and where Peoria or wherever. Kids are smart. They're yeah. so smart. They 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 know stuff. Like my niece, when I when she was five, we were walking along the beach, and she said to me out of the blue, she said, "You know, I'm really glad you're gay." And I I said. And no, why? Five, five. And yeah. I said, why? She said, because you're never going to get married. You won't have your own children, and I'm going to be special to you forever. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, Dude, that is pretty cool. She figured that out. Yeah. Unfortunately, she was correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, the irony of the book is it's for adults and speaking to kids, but kids aren't usually the ones that have the issues. It's the adults. Yeah. Especially yeah. Like That's totally true. true. Well, and I think it's, because it's the same thing as, like, when they have to talk about like let's talk about the birds and the bees and they, yeah so, because I think it is the sexual component of gayness that freaks the parents out. Kids don't really care. Right. No, 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 they don't care. And like you said, New York, California, we don't think about it. And my little neck of Northeast Ohio is becoming yeah. a lot more accepting, but it's still a very conservative town. Yeah. Little trade. So it's books like this are amazing yeah. to kind of have out there. And like you said, it's more for the parents I think than the kids. Yeah. And it really does educate everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and you've done book signings now all over. Well, a few places. I've gone to uh, Denver, Colorado, Long Island, New York, which is where I'm from. That was a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. um, P-Town, Provincetown, uh, Massachusetts, and Boston. Are and there gays in, in Provincetown? There's a few. There's oh, wow. a few, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, actually, I counted 749 when I was there. No, <laughs> I don't know. Um, just yeah. in the line for the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> where else did I go? Just um, well, a few places in California. I'm going to San Francisco September 6th. Are you doing it here? Book thing. Uh, maybe in the fall we might be doing one. Uh, they're carrying the book. It's just fabulous here in Palm Springs. Nice. So there's, a, I think, a slight possibility we might. Yeah, they should. Sure. Yeah. I know. Well, we should. Well, yeah, well, and you know, well, uh, yeah. Anyway, I have lots of ideas. For okay. Well, well. There you go. I have oh. someone calling in. That's not for me. Okay, we're oh, good. Oh. See, we had a guest caller. Or I, oh, I just wish I'm not running the show. I should be having callers. <laughs> listen, listen. I just want to for the for anybody listening. I just want to just describe something here. Okay, Scott has his phone stuck up his shorts, <laughs> and that's what he looks at for information. He has to peel back his shorts to see it, the screen, and then the a microphone that the three of us are talking is is attached to Rick's crotch area, so we have to talk into that. But it's great. Keep going. 
Rick's crotch has been. Yeah, no, there's a lot of talking to. We have to lean into Rick. Yeah, he keeps saying closer, closer. This part is not in the book. Put your lips on the microphone. I can't hear you. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, I just had to paint the picture. There you go. And now the book has some great celebrity um, input to it. You've had people like Bruce Lange, Del Shores, and his kids talk about that influence for the book and how that came about. Yeah, one of the cha- most of the, cha- of the book is just talking to families and I got a lot of interviews and their stories and stuff. Because um, I'm not really expert. I don't have kids, so I spoke with people that do and all that. But um, I did want to have a chapter just for fun called Celebrity Thoughts. So um, I contacted uh, Del Shores, who raised two daughters as a gay father. So he gave me a really nice interview. Um, Shelley Wright, the country singer who came out a few years back, mm-hmm. gave me a nice interview in there. And um, actually, Jason Stewart, who was a guest on your show right. yesterday, I interviewed him, uh, him in there as well. So that's kind of just a fun chapter, just their take on some of the topics and subjects. What have you come across on the big tours that was the most gratifying and the most shocking, maybe? Really? One of the most gratifying was um, in Long Island. Well, that was cool for a couple of reasons. One, like, People from high school I haven't seen in like 25 years came to the to the reading and stuff. So that was cool to see them. But also there was one person there that I didn't know, and she was an older woman, and she asked a question, something like, is it not is it a choice, but something like that. I forget what she asked. I said, no, you're born that way or whatever. When she came up to get her book signed, she told me she asked that because her, her granddaughter had just come out as a lesbian. I don't know how old her granddaughter is. But she was having trouble, the grandmother was having trouble accepting it and understanding it. You know, is it a phase she just doesn't understand? But here she was at this thing, getting the book and attending this reading to try to understand. Very cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Very cool. Yeah, so that was one of the – oh, and the second favorite thing of of gratifying is, like you said, one of my favorite female country singers from the 80s, which I don't know if you've ever heard her. Her name was Sylvia. She just went by Sylvia. She had a big hit song called Nobody in 1982. She was a female vocalist in 1983, had like 15 top 10 country hits. Um, in the 80s, and one of my favorite singers, she bought the book and gave it a nice review on Amazon. So that was like, nice. wow. Hey. Yeah. Is nobody the original one before Reba? No, it was, um, it was a, a sing a couple bars. Um, you're nobody called today. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I love that yeah, so song. Oh, the other girl, oh. we did it. Yeah, I, oh, I love that song. Oh, that's a cute song, yeah. And her voice is so beautiful, and I had all her albums, and and she's on my Facebook now. And she's so nice and sweet and like, you know. Um, but that was just so cool. Wow. That song is so fun. That was a good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a. Yeah. Not a big country guy. That was a good no, one. That was, no, that was, well, it was number 15 on the pop chart too. Yeah. Oh, that was a big hit. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And now you're known for writing your own product. You wrote uh, Walk Them My product I want to talk about. Tell me how that the book experience was different. And do you think you'd like to do another book, or was it? What, what's been the, uh, um, yeah, uh, co-wrote, uh, uh, Tom Martin co-wrote the Welcome on My Prize with me, and that, uh, it's on Amazon Prime now, it was on Netflix earlier, or before, um, and I, I guess I, what's the difference here, what's in common, like, um, well, yeah, do you, do you prefer, have you written a book before, is it the first time first book? First book, I used to write, what yeah. is it compared to writing for a gotcha. screenplay, okay. I think if you like that more, yeah. if you like to another book, Okay. You prefer to stay at screenwriting? Uh, I love writing, so I mean, I'll write anything. But I wrote, um, like I have 10 screenplays written, but Hollywood only wants to make remakes and sequels. So now I put Jurassic Park 10 or 
Um, I'm just trying to make sure they'll read it at least. No, but, um, uh, but uh, yeah, I like I so I a lot of scripts written. I'm more, I have another book in the works, but it's more of a humor gift book with an animated illustrator mm. for, for pet lovers. So it's totally different, but um, a really cool idea. And yeah, so I've uh, um, so this is the first book, and I do write a lot of scripts. So, um, nice. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, Do you have another book idea in mind yet, or just the, with the, the pet one with the, the pet humor? A lot of scripts I'm working on, more more than the book. Books. Very cool. But, yeah. Yeah, with uh, with uh, Walking on My Prada's, you worked, of course, with Tom Arnold, and I'm a two degree away from Crazy Roseanne. So I mean, uh, uh, actually, I got Stan Zimmerman actually wrote for us. So I guess I wonder. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just seeing how much crazy I could get in my uh, six degrees here. And Tom, you Tom can get there. Actually, I I've met Tom through Sally. Oh. And um, he is the sweetest man. Like, I mean, he's just so sweet. I have never, I mean, you know, you don't know what to think. And I think sometimes he gets a rap as being like, what, I, he's just so honest that I think that, you know, people can think he's. Sally's last name is. Oh, Sally Kirkland. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Um, anyway, but. Like Sylvia, I, just the one. He's such a sweet man. He I was very nice. Yeah, yeah, he was great to work with. Him. You have to get Sally on my show. She's the sweetest person. She's she so will. nice. She's loves She's to be on the show. Great. Yeah. Well, social media will talk back and forth on social. But it's can she call in? Do you do call in? He does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Then, not, not even, this is the only time I get to meet. I know. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tonight I called into your show. What am I <laughs> He's oh a little crazy. Yeah. I'm going to talk right into the panel. He's a little crazy. <laughs> I can get into Palm Springs if I'm lucky. Yeah. But yeah, no one's gonna drive to Ohio to talk. Wait, so I want to follow I up. Would. Now, now, now I'm taking over the show. I want to follow up with your second part of your question to Rick. You asked about the most exciting or gratifying. But then you also asked the other part of it, which I can't remember the word. Like the most. It oh, was the the most surprising thing you heard from anybody, or, or the thing that was just kind of. Weird that you thought. Do you have any weird reactions out there? Like, or people come up there like, um, I don't Fred Phelps sister walking in front of the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> walking, what's that? No Fred Phelps sister walking. Oh in front no, of the... I don't know about Fred Phelps sister, but my, one of my sisters is a big critic, and uh, she, she's like, when I she heard I was writing the book, what, how are you writing a book on talking to kids about you don't have any kids? Oh, she's, she's the biggest skeptic. So she oh. three quarters through the book and says, you know what? It's pretty good. I'm surprised. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you could write. I'm like, I grew up. What? I didn't, I didn't, know, she said, I didn't know you could write? Anyway. No, jeez. Anyway, oh but, um, but I'm sure, if I think about that more, maybe I'll think of something. of. Well, so nobody has come up and made a scene. or. No, weird. no. I, I, yeah. One of the things, um, uh, you know, because a few Barnes and Nobles in some more conservative places. I was in Maryland and Delaware. Mm-hmm. But even that, I, I, one person I felt like looked at me a little funny, <laughs> maybe when they <laughs> heard the topic of it, but most people... Uh, yeah, I almost expect to find that somewhere, depending, yeah. you know, a little bit of that. Um, but so far, I don't think I have okay. that kind of, you know. Mm. Um, because, honestly, a few years ago, to even have that kind of conversation publicly, you know, it's still kind of very, I mean, we're old enough to remember it was kind of taboo. Like, right. you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. That's why this book is so great. You know, very much so. I mean, just to see down the marquee and the Barnes and Noble coming soon talking about your LGBT relatives and everything, this would be a little shocking for some people. Yeah. One of the things that did surprise me when I talked to Shelley Wright, she lives in New York now, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, you probably don't experience any kind of, mm-hmm. oh, no, no. She said, I, some, there are some places I feel weird holding my wife's hands, mm-hmm. hands even in New York. 
and um, and they had a problem with a, a, a vendor once or something, or because they were lesbians. So that shocked me in a place like New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. we're going to circle back to that when we talk roundtable a bit because um, a friend of the show, Wesley Woods, he's an adult performer and everything. He just got mugged in West Hollywood of all places, oh, really? no. walking down, and then. Um, Miss, what's her name? One of the RuPaul Drag Season 10s in Dublin got purse snatched and mugged there. And it's like, I'm wondering in the age of 45 here, if where anyone else is feeling anything like that. We'll talk about that a little more in the end. Cause I think you're right. I think as places we traditionally thought of as friendly and accepting, people are now not as afraid to confront mm-hmm. these yeah. more bastions of acceptance that we've found. Yeah, the last chapter is called We've Come a Long Way, but we have a long way to go. So mm-hmm. that kind of sums everything up. We've kind of gone backwards a little bit lately, but hopefully right. that won't. Very yeah. topical, very cool. All right, let's go ahead and take our first little break here. Um, we're going to pile up on more food and get another cocktail. And when we come back, we're going to be talking all about electricity. What? Terry Ray and Mel England right here <laughs> in my bedroom in Palm Springs. I'm so excited, boys and girls. You don't even know. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. Well. <laughs> oh.
Carrados, Mel England, and Terry Ray. I believe we have a caller on the line. Caller, what is your name and where are you calling from? Caller, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Rick? Um, my question, my question is for. Yes, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you fine. Rick can. I'm going to repeat your question for him, but I will repeat it. Sure. What's your name and where are you calling from? Sure. Let me just stop. My name is Adrian Christian. Adrian Christian. Oh, okay. Yes. Great. Hey, I'm singer. a friend of Rick's, and um, I just wanted to congratulate you, Rick, on your book. And I do have a question uh, for Rick, and that is, uh, Rick, have you ever met uh, any adult, gay or straight, who um, who has been influenced, who changed their opinion about <laughs> gay or trans people after learning it from a child? Okay, let's see if I can get I've got the big, long question. It's a good one here, and unfortunately they can't hear. But um, first he says congratulations on the book. Thank you. So give me the question one more. He wants to know if you've ever talked to anyone. Give me the question one more time. Yeah, if you ever talked to anyone gay or straight who changed their mind about gay, gay who changed their mind about gay people. Who changed their learning. mind about trans or gay people after talking right. to a kid. Yes. Uh, after I don't, I'm not sure. After someone did, talked to a kid, um, has any have you did talked a, to anyone? Did the child's behavior change, trans, change their perspective? Did, did they someone just accepted just naturally, and has the kid changed anyone's mind after maybe reading your book? Has any have you talked to any kids that have been talked to about your book at all? Oh, kids have been talked to about yeah. the book. Um, I haven't talked to any kids. I know maybe a few people that told me they read the book maybe talked to their kids, but I don't know if they, they or I think they were probably already in an exception. Did anyone change their mind about the LGBT um, experience? That I know personally firsthand, I don't know. I know the transgender um, is, is, is harder and there's more people's minds that need to be changed about that. In fact, I have a mm-hmm. family relative who doesn't get it at all, and um, hopefully he'll read the book and get something out of that chapter, but um, and I know someone who read my again not with the kid, but she used to be a teacher and she read the book and really liked it and she admitted that she had an issue with um, gay marriage for a long time because she her of her religion. Now my mo- my book didn't change her mind. She said a movie called Strange uh, Love is Strange changed her mind on that, which okay. was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it is changed. The people that need to read the book and talk to, you know, the kids. And again, I don't think the kids have issues. So, um, mm-hmm. have you got any letters from anybody after reading the book or anything yet? I mean, it sounds only that short. It, it's been out since May, but uh, I don't think I, no, no letters. I'm trying to name an email or two. Maybe I'm trying to think. Um, or some of the, I mean, there's a lot of nice reviews on Amazon that state what people got out of it. Um, and I do know, like, there's a, a couple, like, uh, who were raising two kids in South Carolina where it's very conservative, were changing minds kind of one at a time by being involved with the school. Mm. But then, unfortunately, yes. with what's going on in politics lately, they're finding it harder and harder there, and they just moved to San Diego. So that's kind of bad mm. to hear. But they were making some headway in uh, because the kids, yeah, they even talked about the book where the kid would ask a question, you know, so he, uh, 
She has two dads. Yeah, why does she have two dads? Well, that's the way we chose we're raising her. And then, oh, that's cool. I wish I had two dads, the kid said. And the kid was fine with it, you know. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if that is, but hopefully that is. That's part of the point of the book is to get people to be more accepting and well, family. thank you, Adrian. Rick is bragging on your singing, so you're going to have to sing yes. for us sometime. And any other questions for Rick while we have him line? Oh, just want to say congratulations on the book. I think it's awesome, and it's really great when you do experience seeing, uh, you know, people's minds change from one thing, from from where they were to another place. And I do, I do believe the book is transformative. Well, I will give him your big congratulations. It's a transformative book, and job well done. Yeah. Hey, Adrian, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it, okay? He's been very Thanks. supportive. Yeah, and uh, See you guys. Important. Thank you All so right. much, guys. He said thank you to everybody. Thanks, Adrian. Yes, we have a little... Gracias, Jack. <laughs> As Terry alluded, we have a little strange setup because it's not like our usual setup. So I'm the one that can hear the show. So I'm kind of uh, relaying as we go along here, and we're talking into body parts, and it's interesting as far as it's live. It's indulged. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I did want to say something when you were talking about schools. I don't know if you guys read the other day, but West Virginia, they just did a new law where they have to have now posted in every public school building a placard that says, In God We Trust. Now we're getting religion going into wow. these things and all sorts of stuff. But in West Virginia now, any public school building That's has weird. to have it because they adopted it as a state motto in 2006. And because it's on the money, this one mm-hmm. uh, representative, a uh, Christian right representative in West Virginia, got it through their legislature that now all the public affected this school year going back in September as having God we trust on every Wow. But here's another West Virginia political thing that I just heard. West Virginia is hot right now. Um, <laughs> every one of their Supreme Court justices has been impeached. Yeah. Everything. Wow. For, like being extravagant with their offices and spending all this tons of money. And like one of them spent like a half a million dollars or something. It's like every one of them just, you know, lying in their little pocket. Exactly. And the real interesting thing about that is like, it is very hot topic in the news, and they've just impeached all of their Supreme Court justices. But the, the the rub is, because it is a Republican governor, they've known about these guys doing this expenditures for a long time, but if they did not impeach him before August 15th, and now they're impeached by this has them vote on the Senate, so it's not the official impeachment. It's kind of like the Clinton impeachment that never happened. Right. It's done by the House and not by the Senate. Right. If they did not have it done by the Senate by the 15th, if they did it by the 15th, they'd have a special election and replace all four of them in uh, six months. Uh, now the Republican government gets to appoint oh, all four Supreme wow. Justices for two years. Mm. So now they, so you're going to have a... That's crazy. It's just a silly stuff. West Virginia. With politics on that. Let's talk electricity. I don't want to talk politics. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk electricity. Uh, one shocking thing uh, to another. Right. Yes. You're going to get electrified. We have two of the stars' phenomenal play. The entire cast, actually. Yeah. The entire cast. Yeah. <laughs> true statement. Terry Ray, you created this, uh, what has it been, two years now that it first debuted? Uh, More. We're, yes, over two years. Yes. Going strong. And what was the impetus of this idea? Again, remind everybody what it's about and how it came to you. Well, I wanted to write a play. I, I have never written a play before, and I wanted to uh, write something where I didn't have to take anybody's bad notes. And I'm like, I want to write something where I can just do my thing. And I 
thought, you know, I've got to write about something that means something to me, and I wanted to write about the journey that so many, uh, well, basically every gay person that I know of my generation took from thinking there's something wrong with you for being gay to the point where we demand equality. And that's what this play is about, and I try to do it with humor and romance and some drama, and uh, it takes place. I had to skip time because that journey takes a really long time. So it's a skip time. It starts uh, in 1983 uh, after these uh, two guys' high school reunion, 10th high school reunion in small town Chillicothe, Ohio. And they are complete opposites. One is super closeted and the other one is just just brazenly out. And um, they wind up sharing a hotel room together. They have this connection, this electricity that brings them back after every reunion in 83, 93, 03, and 13. And you can see how the world changes and how they change. And it's just a really interesting, fun journey that we can all relate to. So that's that's the background. Well, it's an amazing story. We've talked about it on the show a few times. I finally got to see it in Columbus when you took it there. We'll talk about oh, that in a second. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Kevin Scott Allen, fantastic actor, over yes. with you. Yes. Then we have the amazing Mel English. Well, amazing. Let's be careful. Let's <laughs> just not throw it. The first time you did it, or did you do it? No, no, I did not do it. The first time I did it was here in Palm Springs. A year ago. Yeah. You've been doing it for a year. And talk about how... Did you, had you seen it first before you were approached on it? I, tell me how I did. Out. I saw the production in L.A. with Kevin, and I thought Kevin was brilliant and lovely. He's a fine actor, and I just loved the play. And when I first saw it, I just went up to Terry. This is a friend. We had worked together on Child of the 70s, and I, would, I just grabbed Terry and was like, oh, my God, I love your play, and told him how much uh, it was just so resonant on uh, what Terry just described, what he wanted to do. I felt like not only did did he do, but I related to it so much as, as a gay man who went from, you know, the 80s to now and and that, that journey. And uh, there's a lot of issues that he deals with in the play, whether it's, you know, I mean, because it goes through the late 80s, early 90s, it's the AIDS crisis, it's it's also really, in many ways, about these two guys trying to figure out if they're supposed to be in a relationship together, and that's actually a very common thing with gay sure. men that are friends. Or, um, and also just dealing with, like, the, my character, Brad, is the crazy, you know, he's, 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 he's living the high life, he's drunk, he's out there, he's a sex addict, and sort of dealing with those issues about, you know, an avoidance of intimacy which is in many ways uh, the opposite of what Terry's character is, which is Terry's character is in the closet dealing with his fear of intimacy, and my character is like out there like screwing everything that won't walk, which is another version of the same thing. So you see these guys that are trying to figure out how can I be, you know, when you live in a world, you're not allowed. Like, you know, it's funny because I think about these kids now. They go to high school proms with their boyfriends. Like, we didn't get to do that. I didn't get to go, I didn't get to have these conversations with my family like Rick is talking about. I didn't, all of that was supposed to be hidden and in the closet and dark and secret. And, you know, when I finally moved to New York, you know, thank God I was surrounded by gay people and I could like live the highlights. Maybe we dated Rick. I probably saw you somewhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, it's all a blur. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm just, what the play does, it's a comedy, it's funny, it's touching, 
But on, uh, we have guys that see this piece. It's one of the most gratifying things I've ever worked on because people see it and sometimes deeply respond. And so it can be very cathartic for people. Because I think sometimes when you tell these stories, you know, it allows people to see themselves and, and that's healing. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vindication to know that you haven't been all alone. Right, and the characters still very much exist in real life. Like I said, not as much in New York and L.A., but you go to the smaller communities. You have the person's first time to a gay bar, and you have these people that go to the gay bar every week, and they're loud, mm-hmm. the boisterous character. They're kind of they're, – they're still figuring things out, but they're a little loud, and you're, you're intimidating to tell them something's better for the first time. Yeah. And just to see how those – juxtapositions go and how the relationships really have that deeper meaning. It's so cool as the play progresses. And you wrote it as a stage play, which is so exciting. You guys have both done it as a stage play, but it's an entirely new experience here in Palm Springs. Talk about that for a second. I just, I, you know, I, I, when we did the first run in L.A., it was a, it's a great experience. We got great reviews. We were extended. And I just like, I don't want this to be over. I don't want this to, I, 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 I want, what, what can I do? Because, you know, it's very expensive even to do a small theater in, in L.A. It's a super expensive process, and you, you usually, you know, you're losing money. So I'm like, how can we do this in a different way and keep it alive and try something different? So I thought, what if we actually did it? Because the whole play takes place in the same hotel room. What if we actually did it in a hotel room and um, as an immersive theater experience? And my producer, Michael Darner, who lives in Palm Springs, had invited his friends, John and Sandy, who own Indulge, who saw it in, in L.A. So he said, well, my friends own a hotel, and they saw the play. So he called them, and they immediately said yes. And my hope was that people would, I mean, it's weird to see a play in a hotel room. It's super intimate. It's like you are inches away from your audience, and sometimes you touch your audience by mistake. But uh, <laughs> we got stories. But, um, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, so anyway, I, my hope was that people would just feel like they were flies on the wall witnessing this story, and we did it, and the very first thing that people said was, oh my God, I felt like I was a fly on the wall, and the story just happened all around me, and it, it's, it's been everything we'd hoped for, and it's so rewarding for us as actors, because for us, I mean, we get to do it on stage in different places, and I love that, it's like, you know, it's theater, it's theater, but here... It's literally like acting in a live movie because you are that close to your audience. You're that intimate. And it's such a weird experience, but a thrilling experience to be that. So I can't wait for you to see it in the hotel room because it's very different than the stage. I'm very excited. What is it like for you, Mel, the opposite? I mean, you started as a stage play in Kansas. You started with the intimate experience, but you've taken it to New York and Minneapolis or whatever. Talk about well, I, I knew uh, because I was from New York because I, I well I'm not from I'm originally from Texas but I went to New York to go uh, in Nyvera um, <laughs> like at some 18 point four. yeah <laughs> to go to NYU but um, uh, I had seen there was a lot of stuff like we're calling it immersive now but back in the late 80s early 90s for a period of time it was very fashionable. Um, you know, they that's would call Tony they, Tina wedding started. That's right. Family. I had a friend who was in the original cast mm-hmm. of Tony and Tina, right. and 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 uh, another friend uh, who I made Ron and Laura with, Janice Markham, was in the original cast of Grandma Sylvia's Funeral, which ran forever. And those were immersive experiences. At the time, it was being called environmental, 
now we've come up with this immersive. And this, it, so I was familiar with it. I'd also seen some really incredible playwrights that had done things. There was a playwright, um, uh, now her name is escaping me, uh, the Irene Fornes, who did a play called Hunger, where you would follow these homeless people through, not actors playing homeless right. people, through a warehouse down in Tribeca. And it was incredible. So, you know, these, I was very, like, I was very comfortable with this idea. And I also knew on some level that it was going to change because of that kind of, I just knew that it meant that we were going to have to dial it in in a way. And I, I think in a way I was probably, it's not so much that I was more comfortable than, I just think I was more aware of perhaps, so I was prepared. I, I, I am so pleased with what's happened because in a way we've now been able to take that kind of intimacy that we achieve. And, um, you know, we just went to Minneapolis with it. We've been going back and forth to New York for uh, Broadway producers. We may, you know, hopefully do it, taking it off Broadway. So there's a kind of thing that we've discovered in this creating it in a motel room, a kind of intimacy that I think really serves the piece. It's, it's a very deep play. It's funny, and you should laugh a lot, but it also, you know, this is, this is serious stuff. We're talking about people's lives and uh, their hopes and their dreams and the, just the desire to love. Terry's character has this incredible speech, which I won't give away, but, you know, where he talks about how we deserve to be happy. Right. And we are people that, you know, it's, it's wonderful that these, you know, 17-year-olds today get to wake up and be like, hey, mom, I'm gay, whatever, and, like, it's not <laughs> a big deal. But for us, we were on the front lines. You know, yeah. a friend of mine, Stephen Fales, who should also be on your show, I don't know if you know, he does a one-man show called Confessions of a Mormon Boy, and he came out against the Mormon church. He was excommunicated by the Mormon right. church, and he wrote a book, and he did this play. Anyway, Stephen, uh, I want, he's a dear friend and just a, an incredible artist, and he, at one point we were having lunch in New York, and he, he said, he looked at me, because I came out, uh, openly HIV positive, you know, and uh, when I did a solo show about that. And so we have all these things in common. But Stephen said to me, he looked at me, he said, Mel, you're a pioneer. And it wasn't until somebody, he said that to me. I was like, oh, that's what we are. We're pioneers. It's like we're out in the old west in the, ca you know, like the sure. covered wagon, you know, forging a path for the future generations. And that's what I love about doing this play. That's what I love about Ricky's book. It's just, anyway, That's I'm very fantastic. passionate. And I know Stephen very well. He's coming back on the show in September. Oh, you know Stephen. Oh, well, when he comes um, back, he's he's got, give him a big kiss Yeah, because he was just in New York last month doing yeah. it. I think he's going to be doing another off-Broadway with it. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, off topic a second, speaking of the immersive experience, I don't know how long you guys have been in L.A., but did you ever go to the one in the VFW yeah, on tomorrow. the island? Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. I never saw it. I just never heard a million it. things about it. Yeah, at the time I was. Was that a murder mystery? No, no, no. No, but you followed it around in different things, so it was like a different play every time you saw it. Oh. It was three levels oh, of the like your own experience. Oh. Yeah. I, so I, won, I was so poor then. Still am. No, I'm, <laughs> I, just, I couldn't, but I, I, I had met the lady that was the lead, and I just I was like, oh. I love that. I went and saw it like six times because. It literally could be different, and they do a little wine and cheese thing in the middle of it. It yeah. was just an amazing submersion. My first time ever doing it. Yeah. That's why I'm so yeah. excited about tonight. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's <laughs> exciting. When, when we start off in um, in 
uh, here is what's different is we start in the lobby. We actually have the um, the reunion happening. It's 1983 in the lobby, and everybody becomes a classmate, and we get to to be immersive there. And then when you come in to see the show, you're audience member. But the immersive, you know, you get to participate in, in the lobby as part of the class. You know. Now talk a little bit. We hinted with it, Mel and I. Talk about this experience for you. You you have um, New York runs right now. You're trying to hopefully get it. Produced there, you were able to do a Minneapolis run. How is this exciting to see in all these different places? In Columbus last month, talk about that to you as both the playwright and the actor. It's super thrilling for me, and uh, like you just mentioned, Columbus, where you got to come see it, and you're responsible for me getting to be in Columbus. Oh. I was doing it here. Let me just tell people we were chatting on the show, talking about electricity, and he he asked me the questions like, where would you like to do it next? And I said, you know, I, I wrote the play about a town in Ohio, and I'm from Ohio, and I would really love to do this play in Ohio. And he's like, in Columbus. And he's like, um, I know who you should talk to. And <laughs> wow. he totally did that. So, yeah, this is the guy who got me Columbus. God. And um, he came to see it. And for me, I mean, I, I, it was very cool because I got to be the guest artist which meant I, I wasn't a producer I, 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 you know, or co-producer. I, I had nothing to do with the direct scene of, of anything, and, and I just was there as an actor. And it was super cool to see people put your play together with your mouth dipped. Like, um, if you think, oh, well, I would do this differently, you keep that to yourself, and let's see what happens if you do it this way, mm. which was very rewarding for me. And um, I, I had a great time. So... So, so that was my first time to see, like, basically, kind of witness a little bit of my part play being produced on its own. And um, oh, there's no, a hand. There's a no, hand. No, Rick, well, we can't there's talk. a hand. Wait, there's a question. I, wait a minute. Let's call I, on this. I'm just curious from that yeah. from that uh, production of it. Did you end up incorporating one or two things that they did into your show? There are two new lines that yes. came from that run that are in the run now okay, that I, yeah. I uh, decided that needed to happen. One I stole, uh, <laughs> the other, which I'm not telling because it's not mine. I have permission. And, um, and the other one I just thought of. And so, um, yeah, I, I, and for me, I get, I, I, I've done it in so many different formats and, and, and uh, uh, venues that it's kind of sometimes hard to remember, like, what. In, in June, I did it in, uh, well, I, I just did it in New York. I did it in Columbus, and I did it in Minneapolis, and I did it in, I did it in four different versions within a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. But I, I was really excited <laughs> when Terry was going to get to go to Columbus because I, I, I was going to be able to go because it was being produced by Celebrate, uh, what's the name of this? Evolution movie? Theater. Evolution. Evolution Theater and Ralph Scott, uh, right. wonderful Ralph Scott was my co-star, yeah. was going to be in it. And so I, but I was excited because I knew Terry was going to discover things. And sure enough, it was so funny because we came back, we were rehearsing for our next time, I think, here, or no, to go to Minneapolis. Minneapolis, yeah. And um, I was like, all of a sudden, in the middle of, like, one of the acts, I was, I, I was like, is this something you were doing in, in, in Columbus? And it was just funny because it was like you were approaching the scene in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of stuff that I just is so exciting because by the time we get it to New York, you want to have looked at it from every angle and taken it upside down. And because, you know, those New York audiences are, you know, aren't going right, to, are right. very serious. The thing that I loved about Minneapolis, I have to throw in there, is that those audiences are really serious about theater. Mm-hmm. Like they say it's a theater town. I didn't know this, but I mean, I knew about the Guthrie my whole life, but um, they evidently per capita have the highest number of theaters of any place outside of Manhattan. 
Really? So, and it's, I think it's because it's so cold there in the winter. They yeah. don't have anything else to do, yeah. so they just go to theater. But <laughs> to huddle to be warm. Even to talk to them, like after the show, like people from Minneapolis, are, you know, they it, normally people are like, oh, how do you learn all those lines? Or, you know, like, <laughs> but, but they were like, I really appreciate how your character juxtaposed with the other character, and they were having this conflict. I'm like, these people are serious. Yeah. And I just want to a shout out for, for Minneapolis is that that also came from Indulge. We uh, we've yeah. been doing the show for you know these people who stay in a hotel that are all over the country and literally all over the world, and and people have said, hey, you should bring it to my town. And these two oh guys, these two guys literally said, you're doing it. We're bringing you here, and they found a venue and they made it happen. And because of this indulged experience. We got to go to Minneapolis. Just what you're saying it always shows that you never know what you do leads to something else. Like some actors or some people won't do something because they feel like, what's the point of doing that? Mm. You just never know what's going to lead to something else. You, you just do it and have fun with it. No, and yeah, it. and really the New York stuff too. Yeah, New, New York. York it, we wouldn't be doing it in New York if it weren't for this. And, you know, we have guys from Denver that are like, you should come bring it to Denver. We have another group of guys that are talking about a cruise ship. There's so many places. I mean, this play has a life because obviously there's gay people everywhere. Probably the well, best not part in Iran. Is that, are there some? No, they are. They want to live. Also, is that doing it here at Indulge uh, in Palm Springs? It's an international audience. So we've had guys from Germany. We've had guys from Australia. We've had guys from Canada. Uh, lots, can, of lots of Canadians. Um, and it's funny because it. It almost doesn't matter. Like every culture, every country, the you know, it's a little bit different. But effectively, we're all kind of on the same journey with the right. stuff, and it's it's really powerful. It's it's just been a lot of fun. Same question like we have to Rick about the book. What experiences stand out to you? I mean, when you first did it, you had a lot of your celebrity friends come and mm-hmm. experience. What have you heard um, that was kind of fun, exciting to you as a playwright? And what have you heard of the actor that's exciting to you? Well, um, for me, the most rewarding thing is there's a, when people um, will tell me later that they can't get the characters out of their head. You know, it'll that the, the like they'll go. I, I I saw this play two months ago, and I'm still thinking about these guys, which is very lovely. And and also, I've had straight people that have just come up to me afterwards, sometimes just crying, saying, "I had no idea. I didn't know." what people went through. And also I've had straight people say, I, I didn't think this was a gay play. I thought this was a play about two people that were in love. And um, so it, those kind of things I think are really rewarding because I was hoping the gay people would sure. see their journey, but to see that the straight people are also going, I can relate to this play. And that to me is very rewarding. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I it's, it's sort of ditto. A lot of the things that Terry just said, uh, I think probably the most profound thing is that occasionally there are guys, like we had one guy that literally was speechless and he could not talk to us after the show and it was the next day he could talk about it because it was so emotional for him. We've had guys that it can't stop crying and it's a comedy, so it's not like that, but it's just, it, it touches such a deep chord because for a lot of us, you know, we had to survive the war. And what happens is that I think, and I, I, you know, I talked when I did Best Day Ever, the movie, I wrote about sort of how we have PTSD as a generation. You know, we have um, so much that we've had to deal with that I think, you know, ultimately 
we often just stuff it down. And so this play allows a lot of that, like, to, like oh, my God, yeah, because, you know, we go there. We go back into the AIDS crisis. We talk about, you know, but it is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a love story. It's a love story. All right, story. let's go ahead and take another break here. When we come back, we're going to have a couple of roundtable decisions. Anyone who wants to call in, I guess we have a first-time caller. If you want to call in, go ahead. You know, yeah, we don't want to be the – don't let Rick be the only people with a fan club, babe. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back. Pretend like you uh, like us. Talk behind Michael the car back with it. We'll talk about the uh, the state of – Maybe Michael will call in. Web series. Yeah, Michael should call in. Michael. Yeah, he should – I don't know why he didn't call in. I should. He's probably hitchhiking right now, right now. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But uh, Sam, we have Sam, of course, co-producing in Ohio for me. Thank you so much, Sam. Yes, you can queue up another song for us, guys. We're going to take another break. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio.
guys, we are back. We are talking to Terry Ray and Bell England. They are doing the Hit Play Electricity right here at the Indoor Resort. We're going to be watching it tonight. If you are in town, please come by and see it. Uh, 7.30. I think there's a couple tickets left for tonight. Electricitytheplay.com. There you go. And, oh, use the $5 discount code. Oh, hotel. Hotel. $5 discount code for hotel. It's also tomorrow night, so please come out. Um, we also have Rick Karadis here, the author of Rainbow Relatives, talking to uh, your children about LGBT uh, and our, our life in general here. Good stuff all around. We were supposed to have Michael Vaccaro here, the creator of Child of the 70s and an excellent actor in his own ilk, of course. We may try to get him to call in, but we have the next best thing. We have Mel and Terry, who are co-stars. This is the fifth and maybe final season, It's right? the final season. Mm-hmm. Talk about, you guys have done most of the principal shooting for it, I think, right? It's all done. It's all shot. It's all shot. Yeah, yeah. And you have kind of a fun character. Talk about your character, guys. Little C&E. Yeah, I, I, I've actually been lucky enough to be with the show all, five, all seasons. And um, if you relate it to the Maritime Amour show, which is sort of what what Michael does, he, he's, he's Rhoda. And I am Phyllis, which so, you know, I'm not the nicest person. I I try, but I'm not very good at being nice. So, um, yeah, I am. Oh, like real life. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then that's why Mel's character died. <laughs> My character does. Well, I don't know about Child of the 70s, oh, but he does have electricity now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what happens in Child of the 70s. We don't know, but electricity yeah, we and made. We last year, didn't yeah. we? Always, every year, every year. We have a major event every year. One one year we had an uh, earthquake. earthquake. We're coming back from an explosion, so we got to see. Not everybody makes it. There's a real weeding out process. It's like Game of Thrones. Don't get attached to anything. Right. Wow. <laughs> Except you. Can, I'm just gonna spill the beans. I'm in season five, so. Uh, <laughs> but well, we Mel and I met because of Shot of the Seven. That's right. So everything is all related. It's so weird. It's like, yeah. what was your character like? Remind everyone of your character? Well, I play Victor, and I was in season four, and I'm in season five. I'm a, a sort of an aspiring uh, actor type that's sort of probably more just like a, I, I you know, it's so funny. I, the, he's, he uh, seems to be so obsessed with getting ahead or getting some head. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it, is, it, no, it's all, it is like real life. Both of our characters. He's kind of a bad news. Or he's, you know, anyway. So I, I remember at some point I looked at Michael and I said, you know, Michael, I think that the uh, my um, inspiration for this character is, remember uh, Crystal on Dallas, the sort of the bad one that shot JR? And it was like, no, not so much her. And then he gave me some other like seventies icon. He did? Yeah, I kinda of forgot who it was, but I'm sort of the bad seed. But Michael needs a lot of congratulations for doing five seasons okay, of his show. It's so hard, hard to get that done and, and he's done it. Right. He really did do it. And so many great co stars. I, mean, I, I I'd love to have Anne here. She's so much Anne Walker. Anne Walker. Walker. She's Anne amazing. Walker. Yeah, she's the, been uh, with it from the very beginning. Anne Walker. Uh, uh, gosh, there's so many. There's Bruce Valanche, help me, Judy Tenuta. Uh, Randy Jones from The Village yeah, People. Yeah. Um, uh, Susan Olsen. Uh, uh, Jerry Jewell. Donna Peschow. Uh, Ted Lange. Ted Lange. Yeah. yeah uh, 
she, she yes. Uh, uh, ooh, Judy uh, is amazing. Dina Hecht. Yeah. Uh, Lynn Marie Stewart. Uh, Beverly Sanders. I mean, it's crazy. How many? I'm sure. And has Michael shared with you a possible launch date yet, or do you guys know when it might be coming? I do know a little secret. Oh, I know. I know that uh, the film festival. Here, we can't the, the film festival here in Palm Springs that's happening next month, uh, Cinema Diverse. Nice. Uh, that the episode one is going to play there, oh. along with an episode of My Sister's So Gay. Wow. Oh. Double header. Wow. Did I just say that on air? Somebody I better get that. I can't remember <laughs> if I'm in episode one or if I'm in episode two, so I guess I'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk. Let's go into a roundtable discussion because you guys are all film creators. You guys have all worked on your own projects. And like you said, five seasons just to get funding for that. You can only wow. crowdsource yourself so much and yeah. get the friends relative in order to house. Not easy. Talk about these projects now and what it's like to actually get something made. Mm. It's uh, you go. You, who goes? Well, Rick, you I'll, talk. You I'll, talk, Rick. Yeah, Rick. You talk well, uh, well, what I'll say is that <laughs> <I'll let you laughs> it is funny that you know I think the technology changed and made things really easy for people to do things like this, and that was a wonderful revolution about ten years ago. All of a sudden, everybody could get a digital camera and everybody could do this, and then you have the social media platforms like the Indiegogo or whatever, and at the same time. At some point, I think you hit sort of a threshold. Like, I could only do so many fundraisers. Like, I sort of blew my wad with that, no pun intended, <laughs> with, uh, with Ron and Laura Take Back America because we did a couple of, you know, I'm not, saying, I'm not against it. I think it's great. I think it's lovely. But it is a lot of work. But from the ground up, if you're producing something and you're creating it, and then you have to be responsible for, like, you know, posts or finding out, you know, who's going to cater for, you know, the 12 actors and just getting 12 That's actors. That's difference, too, what I've noticed from actors that have been established and these new kids on the block making these films. You guys really work with the other actors. You want to make sure that you have some creature comforts a little bit, make sure everyone's accommodated. Have to, yeah. Now these people, they don't wham, bam, thank you, get the McDonald's to come deliver and do something on a quick iPhone and make yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. And it really shows. But let's go into the individual shows while we're talking. Talk about... Um, your show because it's so precious to what we're at right now as far as the conservative. Well, you know, Ron and Laura Take Back America was a mockumentary that we made pre the current administration. So at the time, Ron and Laura were a couple that were taking America back from the gays and the uh, illegals and uh, Muslims and so they were fired up you about that. You inspired Donald Trump. Well, in a weird way, it's like when Trump got elected, you know, we didn't, we were like, oh, my God. But, you know, so it, it's a comedy that's making fun not only of those people, but we also kind of make fun of people on the left, too, because sure. we're all kind of crazy. So it's coming from that very, you know, all in the family, Norman Lear, like, you know, point of view, but just by having a conversation about the topics that we deal with, you know, racism, xenophobia, and homophobia. The son is gay, but they're against gay marriage. But then he not only announces that he's gay, but he's going to marry a black guy. I mean, so it just kind of keeps going on. Like, they're against illegals, but they have to hire one to take care of the crazy grandmother. (laughs) Then, you know, Jim J. Bullock, who Terry and I I have, like, seemed to know everybody in common – um, but uh, Jim, J., the great Jim J. Bullock uh, is also in the movie in a sort of delightful, 
cameo. And uh, but what I'll say about that is that we opened in 2000, late 2016. We had a premiere in New York and LA. We're currently in the process of uh, launching for foreign because that never happened. And we may be doing a little retitle and a little re-edit of the film nice. to cut in the current somebody in the White House, but I will not even say his name right now. Well, we're in so. room number 45. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's interesting right. from that perspective. Again, cool. it's a self-generated yeah. project. How we can go? Wait a second. I think we're going to maybe do a little tweak on this um, and acknowledge what's happened. Anyway, so you know, but it's it's fun when you're in the driver's seat because you get to do things like that. Awesome. We're talk about the rom-com um, gay-centric. You had uh, talk, tell them about what your uh, walk on the is about. We have Trick 2 just announced the other day. It's coming out 20 years mm. later. They're going to redo that or sequelize that. Talk about the wrong kind of What do you like about it and what's the challenges there? Yeah, and it, we had a, you know, kind of a low budget, and it took a long time so even to get the funding for that. And it was, uh, yeah, like you said, kind of like Freaky Friday with a gay straight twist. It was about a guy who's really homophobic, and uh, thanks to some Christmas magic, uh, him and his coworker get their sexual orientation switched. So two weeks before his wedding, he's now turned gay. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a fun film. But um, and but yeah, it was hard to get that made and all that. And uh, um, there's yeah. still a market for that now. Like I said, Trick's the first LGBT film I've seen come out or be announced to come out. You get you see like you get the latter days, you get this, you get. It kind of slowly trickle out. From what the was the mainstream one that I didn't see this summer? Or it was like the young. Don't call me by your name. No, no, there was a. Um, I didn't see it, but it was like a, a sweet little high school romance. Oh, oh, I saw it on Netflix. That was good. I just saw it like a week ago. Um, no, it was the Greg Berlanti one. No, right? love, uh, no. love Simon. Yeah, Simon. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was good. That was yeah. I mean, yeah. but that was cool that that came out. Well, you know, I mean, and the rules, you know, it's just so funny because the rules keep changing. But now, you know, like Netflix has an LGBT, you know, part that you go to, or Amazon, obviously. So the actually, in a weird way, the appetite for content is is bigger. But now you have bigger boys playing in the LGBT game. You know, there's people that I'm sure that we all know that are distributors, like the little mom and pop gay distributors are. Yeah, you, you that, Wolf and TLC, whatever. Those guys exactly yeah. are now up against Amazon and Netflix and everybody mm-hmm. else. So it's the the rules have changed, but I think uh, I think it's actually a very exciting time to be making uh, LGBT films. There's luckily a demand for it. Yeah. Because there's people, we have a we have a, a built-in audience, which is a first, like if, we, if we're 10% of the population, that's huge for entertainment to say, yeah. oh, we okay, you can market to 10% of the population, that's that's yeah. something. It's weird. I only have one other script that is kind of totally LGBT, like the first one, Welcome on My Product, and I have six or seven others that are just all different kinds. Right. But I do have another one called My Big Gay Turkish Armenian Wedding Fiasco, which oh, is really funny. So. Well, <laughs> My big gay Turkish Armenian wedding fiasco. Oh, because because yeah. Turkish and Armenian so, hate each other, right? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a, there's a rival, there's a side rival yeah. years ago, so there's a kind yeah. of, sort of like yeah. the Hatfields and the McCoy. Right, it's like what right. um, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, like a Middle Eastern. Wait, what's another one? I don't know. But oh, anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's great. And Terry Tackle, I mean, you kind of have the both words. You did all of the My Sister's So Gay 
originally on your own, then you kind of got to go to Tello a little bit. And, and what's, what's that like bringing it from individual to studio, then now we're trying to get into the Hulu's and Amazon, like you said. Well, originally from, for the My Sister So Gay project, I actually had a, a, um, a product in, uh, investor. So uh, Equality Vodka paid for first uh, season. Of course. Ah, so right. so that is how that got made. And then um, about Bert and Doug. Yes. They were they were godsend. They're amazing the and they're amazing guys. So they actually made season one happen financially. And then um then we did make a deal with Hello, but that was a lesbian thing and I thought my sister's so gay. Well, a lesbian show, but it's actually a gay show. So the lesbians were like, yeah, it's okay. But like, the, but everybody else loved it. And we have a great cast. I have Lonnie Anderson, Jebra Wilson, mm. uh, Radon Chong this season, Tilkey Jones, who does a bazillion TV movies as a hottie hunk, and um, and then me, Wendy. And um, <laughs> so uh, we decided that we didn't give it the right launch because we went with. Telefilm and and telefilms are great. They're great. I'm in the same thing. Got out telefilm, but it's not a lesbian show. Right. And um, so we thought, okay, we kind of just didn't give it the right launch, and and we feel like the show's really strong. And so I I went to uh, Wendy and I said, right, let's 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 do a second season, and and I, we don't have the money, so let me go to all these big stars and mm-hmm. say, hey guys, do you want to really do it for dirt because you because you like it? And they read the script and they said, this is, you know, you know, it, they said sweet things. They had a little discussion when we were shooting. They said, look, we get offered a lot of stuff and we say yes to big money or we say no to very, I mean, yes to very small money only if we love it. And that was sweet of them to say, we love it. Mm-hmm. So, um, right. so that's how we were able to do. Everybody granted us a favor. Everybody worked. It was union. But um, but they did it for the, the lowest amount of money they possibly could. Hey, can I also just put in a plug for Terry? Because he just did, he has a lovely cameo in this incredible documentary that's coming out. It's going to, I think it's, 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 it's sort of hitting the airwaves. But we saw the premiere at Outfest. I have to, uh, Road to Freedom, Long Road to Freedom. Oh. 50 mm-hmm. Years of the Advocate magazine, mm-hmm. and Terry is in it as in a reenactment at the beginning of a Billy Cliff. Um, Billy yeah. Cliff directs this amazing documentary Cliff. about really the history of the gay rights movement, and it's it's going to be at the Palm Springs. But I mean, it's 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 good. It's all Cinema over. Cinema diverse. It's going to uh, it's going to be the premiere it's, thing. I it's think it's going to have a distribution. Yeah, yeah. here here media. Billy and David Milburn on the day before premiere. Oh, right? good. Okay. So yeah. And. So I knew I knew the film was going. I got to see all your pictures from it. It's amazing. They sent me an advanced copy. I missed you because I had it. They gave it to me like three hours before the show. So yeah, yeah. Oh, you, uh, I'm just in a reenactment, and I actually missed Dragon when I'm. But yeah, it's just amazing because I did not know. I'm, I'm everyone else. 99.9 Stonewall is the first thing that ever happened. Yeah. In the gay liberation, and all yeah. of a sudden you find out. About black, black hat, hat. black and hat. It's like it was amazing. It's a, just a block away from where yeah. I was. And then Billy and Dave are supposed to be here the very last day I'm here, Tuesday, oh, yeah. twenty-seven. Yeah, okay. they should be very proud of that project because they've yeah. done a lot of stuff to preserve history. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. I didn't. I mean, I mean, I'm really just a little helper. Terry, but Terry is. A, it's really lovely. I just wanted to mention it because Billy's also a part of it, and he's. A, and he uh, directed My Sister So Gay. Oh season. right, that's how oh. I made that connection. Yeah, everything's okay. connected. I know. Very incestuous. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Hashtag me too. Hashtag. <laughs>
Wait, can Rick, I, quit touching me. I deleted the Rick's crotch a little bit more. <laughs> what keeps you guys creative and what really uh, gets your juices right now? I mean, this is a big project for you two, I can imagine, with New York. This is on the main burner. Yeah. But, um, what, it's already written. What, what is it because what keeps it fresh for you? Is it just the promoting of it now? And what all are you looking to do? You mean with electricity? Yeah. Well, you know, it's wild doing a play because it is different than doing a film or TV thing where, you know, you you shoot it and then it goes into editing and it's, you know, then you have distribution. But at a certain point, it's done. You're done, you know, in a way. I mean, you're never done promoting that project for the rest of your I had a publicist a long time ago say, you know, you made a deal with the investors and the producers and the director and the other actors for the rest of your life, you're promoting this movie. And I was like, that's a really that's good point. point. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but in a way, you're done with the work. With the play, as long as it's running, it's never, I mean, there's always something to discover. It's always going to be different. Every single time we do it, it's, it's so that's, that's a really, you just, there's not, I'm a stage actor. I'm like, I live for it. So. This feeds my soul. Getting to do the play just feeds me as a, as an actor. And then he also yeah. eats like lots of uh, del taco before. I tried to eat your soul, but I couldn't find it. Because <laughs> I don't have one. Yeah. yeah. Long gone. <laughs> and Rick, what's, are you, you going to plan on sticking with the book for a while and finishing the tour, yeah. or what's on your... Yeah, I'm doing that, but also I have, I have another film I've been trying to shoot for a while. It's a family inspirational film called Charlie's Dream, mm. and I have John Schneider attached, and mm. even Olympia mm. Dukakis gave me a letter of intent a little while back. Nice. But, hey. but it's yeah, just getting the money and stuff is the hardest part. Do so. you sleep with the book in your bed with you? Do you like? I, it? I, I thought you were going to say, did you sleep with John Snyder? But <laughs> oh, well, that's my second question. <laughs> yeah, second question. I don't think John's on our team, darn it. No, so. no. he's an actor. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go there with that. But anyway, um. I don't, do I sleep with the book? I sleep with 100 copies of the book. No, wow. I don't. picture you. Um, like, just like, oh, here's my book. No, but it was cool to get, you know, when you first see the car copy of the Smell it. Of the book. Smell I it. Smell oh. it. No, no, what? You didn't smell that no, fresh paper. No, but I, the, the, the so wonderful about your book is I was thinking about it as you, as you were answering um, Adrian's question. The lovely thing about it is just the fact that it's not even about whether it's changing this person's mind or that person's, or the kid's mind. It's just the fact that people are having the conversation. Like, we weren't allowed to have the conversation. That's 98% of the problem I had. I didn't know I had that problem, but, like, I couldn't talk about it with my grandma. I didn't know it was possible to have a conversation. Uh, yeah. You thought you this was this, un, this forbidden thing you're not supposed to talk about. Wait, and that's kind of cool about the book, because I do talk about how different it was back when I was growing up and some of my own personal things in it. And then how it is a lot easier today. Mm-hmm. Still, not nothing is easy, easy. I mean, sometimes we think things are easier than they are too. But um, yeah, it's just so different now than it was. Well, it's different. It's, it's easier to to be yourself. Yeah. But still, the acceptance is not there. You still well, have the bullying and everything else. And yeah. I, you know, I think so it's hard for parents. I think one of the things for parents, I can only imagine, but I know from the the even friends of mine that you would think are they're very LGBT friendly. But all of a sudden, when it's their kid, it's really because they have hopes and expectations, right. and they want to protect their kid. Nobody wants their kid to be, you know, harassed or feel. So it, that's, I think a lot of it, I think that's why it's so hard for people to accept. Yeah. 
I don't want to finish on Debbie Downer, but let's finish on uh, Sarah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we talk about suicide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to circle around from earlier today. But that's actually a good and reason to talk about it. Is there yeah. a gay team? Well, yeah, that more let's talk right about now. the administration a little bit. Oh. And where we feel you want that we're going backwards and how we can kind of, like I said, we've had the two incidents now. We have Miss Cracker that gets uh, oh, mugged in Dublin. Oh, no. Then we have um, a film star, Wesley Wood, in West Hollywood of all places. Hmm. So we still have some things we're dealing with here. I have a good What's friend. What's the temperature in general? I mean, the man is breeding hate. Yeah. Well, he's breeding it. He's throwing ingredients of hate in the big boiling pot. I have a friend that just got um, uh, harassed by police in Florida. Uh, and he said it basically was because he was gay, and it was a bad scene. So I can't go into the details because he's in the middle of it. But, of course. Um, it, it's a bad scene. Not, I mean, not just gay also, but uh, like uh, someone I know is, um, she's Latina, she's from Mexico. She mm-hmm. um, speaks both languages. She grew up here, but she was having a conversation on the phone with a, a Latin client in another country, so she's speaking Spanish, and someone was observing her and called, ISIS on her, they come right. and then she yeah. starts speaking English with ISIS and they oh and the guy says I did, you didn't tell me you spoke English she says you never asked me you didn't approach me you just called I mean that's horrible yeah it is it's horrible yeah. Yeah. And to that extreme now that I mean the Walmart or the Walgreens guy or whatever they called for on someone oh they call they call the police on black people just yeah. for being yeah. in whatever you know the thing is is I I saw a really lovely quote recently. Um, and I something can't, I, said. I, I can't remember. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't remember. But anyway, somebody was, they basically, they were saying, you know, look, it's a really hard time. We know that this is a hard time, but, you know, all of our forefathers and foremothers and brothers and sisters went through this, whether it was like the civil rights movement or the fight for women to vote or, you know, act up, like we can do this. We we have to do that. We have to keep, you know, on the path. And even if it's, I mean, God, knock on wood that it's not, but even if it goes eight years, you can't. Uh, the most he can screw it up is the Supreme Court thing. I mean, that's no, been screwed he, up for 20 he's years. He's done a lot of screwing but, up. But it's, everything We're else can reverse eventually, I would hope. Well, the thing that I always was, because I had friends that were not as alarmed about it when it happened, but when he first came out in the very first press conference and said the things he said about Mexicans, like, uh, because I'm half Hispanic, and so I was very, I was just already just like, okay, this is not okay. The thing is, is like, right after that, it was in a couple of months, the Southern Poverty Law Center documented that the incidence of bullying against little Hispanic children across the nation skyrocketed. So this man, through what he says, is affecting Little kids, and and I had to say that to you know the lady who cuts my hair one day because she was thinking about voting for him. I was like, look, don't do. It's not about the politics. It's not about Hillary. It's not about this or that. Think about the little kids. They're getting bullied. Ripping kids from their parents. Horrible. They don't care. Well, the problem is him. Just him. It's all these people that support him and have these views to be able to see that it's coming out in the open now. It's crazy. I mean, when you have. You gotta think he's the president of the country. I, I mean, I can understand a stupid idiot, which he is. But then you have the president. You have someone calling a woman a dog in public, and you're the president of a country. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's just it's, it's, you know, it also country. it also speaks to the fact that really at the core, 
they're at a they're at a loss for any really legitimate ideas because all they have is this kind of bluster and chaos creating nonsense. I heard today that um, I don't remember if it came from Omarosa or not, but he was he was reportedly saying that he wanted to run his White House like every day, like it was a reality show, that something crazy would happen. And I think he's doing that yeah. so, so that he can get ratings and get talked about. And, 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 and I think that's literally how he thinks. He doesn't care what it's said or what's done. He wants to be in the news. And he is. He's in the news every yeah. day. Oh, we hang on to what he says. thing is because he confused everyone with so many things, no one can keep track anymore. The tweets are insane. Just that alone is like 10, 20 tweets a day of crazy, of crazy. And he's doing that. We all watch because we can't believe how bad he's destroying our country. And but that's a reality show where you, 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 you turn in to watch the drama, to watch the fighting. Well, we can only hope that creators such as yourselves will take this moment in history and turn it into something we will learn from. I wrote a crazy uh, feature film about a, a, a president thing, and it's not anywhere. It can't you, hold a you candle. Can't write this stuff. It you can't hold a candle. If you wrote this five years ago and put it on the screen, people were like, that's, that's ridiculous. That would yeah, no one yeah. ever believed. I, I wrote a crazy like farce thing, and I'm like, it's nothing now. It means it's uh, trash. Well, right. that that was the weird thing about our movie because we thought we were coming up with <laughs> exactly. crazy, silly, <laughs> a little over the top here, a little over. And as we had a one scene, there's one scene with a congressional candidate, and it's in the backyard, and she's going to run for Congress, and she's like a little tea party person. She's saying all these horrible things, and there were parts that we literally cut out in editing because you're like a little over the top. It was not over the top at all. Sad. <sighs> Really sad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you can't because we're not going to end in a downer. <laughs> Let's name our, our favorite brand, favorite flavors of ice cream. Here you go. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo flavored ice cream. Let's finish. Jerry Garcia. Chocolate. We'll go one more positive. Let's finish up. What are you guys excited about? What are you besides your own projects? What are you interested in, TV, movie, or actor-wise? Give me something that we should look out for. TV, movie, or actor-wise, a project that we're excited about. Uh-huh. Uh, you got you got one. The, the first thing that came to mind was Cher doing an album of ABBA covers. <laughs> ah, I love ABBA. I love Cher. So and did you hear that you Madonna is going to be on one of them? I wow. Heard, really? Wow. I can't believe. Wow. I can't, can't believe ABBA stole that. Well, since we're being totally gay and going with Cher, I will double down <laughs> and I will say because a friend of mine is producing it, they're doing a Cher Cher musical. On Broadway, that's supposed to be opening in a few months. A sheretical? Yeah, sheretical, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's they, and there's going to be three shares, like the young share, the mid, like the I don't know, the you know, 80s share, and the old and share then, looks like, like, like whatever, and then the the believe share. Uh, uh, anyway, but yeah. um, it's really, it looks like it's going to be amazing, and uh, I am so excited for my friend Larry Poindexter, who's producing it, and um, oh. anyway, yeah. Jerry, what am I? I don't know. What? what uh, there is all the gay okay, stuff. Okay, I know what you should be excited what? about. What? Terry is moving to Palm Springs. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, uh, I just bought a house for the first time in my life. A homeowner. 
I have a washer and dryer that doesn't require quarters. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. I'm still working in LA, people. I'm still available for work in LA, but I'm going to be living right. in Palm Springs. And now we all have a place to come stay Party. in uh, right. Palm Springs right. at Terry Ray's house. So I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I've been a handyman. I've been showing crack whenever I bend over all, all month long. Oh. Just trying to, you know, <laughs> shut up.
from the newlyweds on Broadway, uh, excuse me, on uh, Bravo. And Brandon is actually going to have to hit the road early because he is doing someone fancy's hair for the Emmys Monday night. So uh, we'll have to find out all about that. And on Tuesday's show, we have our buddy Alexander Rodriguez from On the Rocks Radio, Nolan Roberts for Eleven for Men Cosmetics, and Frank, or who do we have? Oh, we have uh, Billy Cliff. That That's one? the week out. Oh. Okay. And then we have Fernando Herrera, mm-hmm. who is an actor, and he's wrote this great fiction vampire book all about the Catholic Church involved. In the wow. So it's going to be a fun show. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Left of Straight. That's L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. On Facebook, it's the Left of Straight Show. Guys, thanks for being on the show. Thank Scott Fullerton Rock. Oh, thank you, Josh. Left of Straight. Yeah, check on my plants. Make sure they're watered. Have fun in Ohio. We'll talk to you all later.
Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.